Manietta. Is that right? You got it. Yeah, that's right. Thanks for coming on my show, man. Um, I really appreciate it. Uh, yeah, uh, we, we kind of have a bit of a history just through um, uh, Lululemon there a couple years ago. Um, we talked about it earlier just before we hit record here um, about your time in Whistler, how long you've been here for. But I thought you'd been here for a long time. Um, but uh, we used to run these stretch classes in, in uh, Four Lease. A store used to be a place in town that, was, that Lululemon ran. And you'd come in and you had, um, did, you, did you teach, did you do like a, a rolling session yeah, or something? So foam yeah, foam rolling, trigger pointing. Right. And yeah. is that like a background? Are you like a... Uh, physiotherapist, chiropractor, something no, like that? No, I um, I just like to know a lot of stuff. And right. okay. um, back in before we moved here in Australia, so um, you know, we can get into a bit of my background sure. soon. Yeah. But just basically, lots of injuries as I got into endurance sports, okay. and um, a specific set of tools helped me overcome these injuries. And I actually came over to Canada to race um ironman canada when it was in penticton oh, cool. uh, back in 2006 yeah. and um i met the owner they had their little expo booth there before this company went into like you know, billion, you know millions okay. and millions of dollars of yeah. worth but uh they were only small back then i'm like you know what this has done so much for me mm-hmm. um I have no idea on distribution <laughs> right. uh anything like that yeah but I know the product. Right. I believe in the product. Can we try and sell it in Australia? Cool. So they were like, so "You took it back to Australia with you?" Oh, well, okay. I already had it, oh, okay. so I paid. Like I saw it in a magazine, and I, you know, it cost me a fortune to ship it out to Australia right. when I first got. It. I'm like, I'm at wit's end. I've used a lot of physios and yeah. others to fix certain, and it wasn't working. And uh, got this thing, and just was dedicated with it, and right. stuff cleared up. And uh, a, it's a, it's like a, it's just a well, typical it, foam. Then, well, the foam roller has been around forever. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But this, this original kit, um, it, it's kind of like has rollerblade wheels and it has speci- special, uh, material. So it's firm, but uh, it's not too firm. Right. So there was a few pieces in the kit. There was one that you use for your quads called a quad baller. Right. There was this, uh, little calf roller as well that you use a yoga block oh, okay. for, and then a couple of balls. So they had this, uh, like a, and also some education behind it. So it wasn't just rolling willy nilly. It was like, hey, this is ultimate it. six for performance. So you can look at six areas of the body and roll through it specifically yeah. um, to get the greatest buck, basically. And um, it works. And so, you know, basically we did a handshake deal. Yeah. I ordered and air freighted a bunch of kits and <laughs> yeah. got a little booth at Ironman Australia. And they were like, yeah. I'd don't know how you know got the little ikea that shelf right. and it wasn't yeah, much man. it was a pretty startup, sparse, kind of, yeah, right. good startup and um you know it sold out of all the kids oh wow um they were like wow yeah and i'm like well you know i was i know the stuff yeah and help people it was great and then um we grew that to the thing where i end up getting software developed so we could have people buy from the website end up you know it went from a, a shelf in the room spare room to the garage right from the garage going oh we can't do this stuff from you know right. air freight to sea freight shipments to getting a fulfillment company to do everything write software so someone could buy off so it was it ended up pretty big and then you know i was coaching at the same time yeah. and and some things happened and yeah, you know, I was more towards the coaching pathway. Sure. They wanted to get more into the gym space and some things happened and I yeah. just decided to yeah, walk away from something that was really good. Right. But, but and then and then it was here. Just yeah. coming into Four Lease was like, Hey, let's offer this 'cause Yeah, that was cool. I didn't really go I stay I didn't I didn't really go to those sessions too much. Um but yeah, we'll just step back a second so I, I can't jump ahead, but um 
So, uh, your background, like you've been an endurance athlete for a long time. And so when you were in Australia, before you came here, you said you came to Canada to run that, the um, Ironman in Penticton. Have you been training? Like what's your, what's your, like, were you, did you go to school for something or like, were you like, what's your, what got well, you I going go in back further than Maybe that. go back like, maybe like 12 years and then well, we even longer. Like yeah. I think the first time I came here was 94. Okay. So early on. Yeah. yeah and, uh, you know, I was that. You know, finishing school and I'd seen snowboarding for the first time. I played rugby league in Australia. That was my sport and yeah. what I really wanted to do and some politics there that I got pissed off at and <laughs> got out of skating and surfing and yeah. saw snowboarding. I think it was a it was a Quicksilver movie, a surf movie, and then they showed snowboarding and me and my stepbrother were like, oh my God, we've got to do that. Yeah, That looks amazing. And uh, <laughs> you know, we went down and down to the Australian ski resorts and did it and it was like, I'm never missing a year of this ever. <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> and um, then this shop in uh, Sydney was uh, doing a two-week trip to Whistler. Oh. I think I was 17 and I'm like, you know, working at McDonald's and saved up my pennies. And, right. You worked uh, at McDonald's? Cool. Nice. And uh, got over here and didn't want to leave. Yeah. Spent two weeks here. I was the youngest uh, in that group that went. I think the next youngest person was 32 and I was 17. Oh, wow. So I remember walking into Showcase, old Showcase. Yeah, yeah, for right? sure. The OG, and yeah. uh, when we had our licenses that were like go-kart licenses, so they were the laminated ones. So we're there with the <laughs> shopkeeper <laughs> with the exacto knife removing numbers so we could get my age to 19 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and then re-laminate it so we go in the longhorn. <laughs> That's pretty good, man. The longhorn's been bumping for so long. Yeah. Could do That's... that and get to the boot. It was yeah. Good. Is you can't it's, now ID. I mean, I don't know how kids do it now. You can't fake your ID anymore. No, it's, it's like that's just bulletproof. Yeah. yeah. Oh well, that's that's a long time ago then, because like, um, it's cool that you know you can the in, the influence from that you can get drawn to here from like a video or something like that. And so then you came here and then. I mean, you did you you must have gone back for a yeah, while. Yeah, I went back and then yeah. came back. The next, got my buddies and like we have to go for a season next sure. year. So we came back for a season. I came came up here and uh, same old story. No accommodation. So we're talking ninety five. Yeah, <laughs> no accommodation. Right. Really limited work. Yeah, and um, only two of us had work visas and the other two didn't. So I came early and then there was nothing there. I bought a Volkswagen combi van in front of in front of the. Uh, um, Southside Diner, yes. and uh, that thing was rad. Um, yeah. Yeah. And drove down to Vancouver. I met through the snowboard shop owner in Australia. I met the owner of Pacific Border, okay, on West Fourth and Barad. And then, uh, you know, I went down there to see, you know, see if he was there and chat with him. Like, what am I going to do before my other friends come? And um, he wasn't there that day, and kind of befriended a shop person there, and yeah. you know, have the gift of the gab. And he's like, come back to my place, and you know. Stayed there for a week or so until oh, my cool. other buddy flew in. Then we're like, what are we going to do? We went to Banff. Oh, really? And yeah. long story short, we spent a season there, but my yeah, probably... wife is, that's where I met my wife. Oh, really? Because yeah. I, I guess Banff was probably a bit more busy then because it's more of a tourist attraction. It had more like, even though skiing here was awesome, but Banff was like probably tour buses still back then, right? So more like long-term employment maybe? Yeah, I'm not sure. I remember probably still the coldest night I ever had driving out there. Oh, shit, yeah. I remember because in Australia, you've got to have, you've got to drive with snow chains. There's no snow tires and whatever. You're always got to have snow oh, chains when you go to those resorts. And here we're like Volkswagen Combi, skinny tires. I don't even remember if they were winter tires or not. <laughs> Just brought this thing. Yeah, and that's awesome. I think we didn't even get to like, it was well before hope. And I'm like, driving through this snowstorm and two foot of snow <laughs> and i was like oh my god we're gonna die yeah. we got to golden and slept in there and yeah. every bit of 
you know, cook some two minute noodles. Can't believe like what I know now. We didn't actually kill ourselves. Oh, you probably propane <laughs> filling up the monoxide or whatever. <laughs> and uh, we had yeah. everything on there. And um, saved yeah, your third back then. Yeah, and then yeah. just found a place to rent. Another uh, other buddies came, and cool. um, that was it. And that started and, the love affair with the back and forth trips. Sure. For a whole bunch of years. Oh, so you kept going back and forth, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, Did I you- end up. Uh, yeah. You know doing okay in snowboarding and right. getting sponsored and stuff like oh, that. Cool. And um, that was my life until oh, right. 2002. Oh, sick. I didn't know then that. I fell into endurance sports. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so. It's a bit of a different jump. I mean, most guys are in skiing and snowboarding. They kind of stand or they do something different or they go on like the But that endurance thing. Um, it was uh, baggy clothes yeah. to lycra. Yeah. It's a really That's a huge crazy step. change. Right. If you, and then if those guys in the bag clothes saw you in lycra, they'd make fun of you probably. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't care. Because <laughs> I remember like, yeah, I've... I, I remember when I started, I started skiing, I went to turn to snowboarding. Yeah. Probably mid nineties. And it was all just, you know, giant pants and giant jackets stuff and skateboarding. But, um, so endurance sports must've been pretty like they weren't even, they're popular now for sure. Yeah. But I mean, this is 20, this is what, like 20, 25 years ago, I guess you're still, it's pretty fresh. It must've been like, kind of like a, like a very unique thing for someone to do back then. And I don't know. It was, it was really interesting. We went into, um, so kind of finished snowboarding in 2002 towards the end of that we okay. got into it. my wife was wanted to run a marathon okay and um partner back then and she, you know we we're looking for that and she's like oh all these groups are old folks i don't want to go run with old folks <laughs> right, yeah. and we're well older than what we're considering old folks yeah right yeah now. for sure and you uh, are the old folks <laughs> and uh yeah i am the old folk now and uh triathlon kept popping up right and uh we're like oh this looks good and me being me i'm like oh, there's a series, let's do the whole series and sold a bunch of snowboard gear and we kind of fell into that. The group we started with was all geared towards Ironman. Okay. So it was very quick, hey, we're only going to do a sprint distance and then in that first few months, we did a half Ironman and then within, I think it was six months, we did our first Ironman. So I went from zero to that. Yeah. Um, You know, a lot of ego and a 25-year-old. It's kind of how you start, right? uh, Yeah. Made a lot of mistakes and got injuries where my wife just crushed everyone and uh, (laughs) qualified for Hawaii. Hawaii Oh, wow. That's the big one, right? That's the big, yeah, okay. And she ended up actually, actually, you know, she started the sport at 29, but she ended up going pro and uh, winning a couple of these races. No shit. Ironman's outright. Cool. I didn't know that. Great. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, so Changed our life. Yeah, I bet, right? And then over the years, I mean, that's kind of went zero to hero pretty fast. But I guess the thing is, over the time, you've been doing it for a long time now, uh, you're going to learn different ways of training, how to be more sustainable, and how to like get those injuries, to, like how to train to avoid injury. And you, when you, I guess, but running too is one of the things where you get better at when you get older because you learn to, your brain gets into it and you learn to be on your feet. It's not all, I, I, what I thought was, it's not always about your endurance, it's about just keeping your mind able to stay on your feet that long. There's got to be a balance of like... The mental side is the biggest part. Yeah. Um, and it, it takes some learning and time, but, you know, it definitely took some... Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of patience in this game too. And earlier on, I had not right. much patience yeah. for, for a lot of the stuff and that showed. And I guess you could like, I guess because you have a good day and a bad day, you don't know why your bad day was there. You're like, oh, you get up, you go for a run. You're like, why couldn't, why did it feel so shitty today? And then you get the next one. You're like, oh, I felt great today. Try to keep track of how that came to be. It must be like. Yeah, we call that uh, now, and a lot of people don't understand, but we, you know, it's ebbs and flows, right? right sure. it's, there's never, you know, it's, everyone thinks that they do this training or whatever, and there should be this linear improvement. Yeah. And it's never linear, right? Yeah, it's up, down, around, and the mental component. Um, you know, you can read all the books in the world about mental strength mm-hmm. and, uh, 
you have to apply you can only make the the only way you can do it is in the moment and choosing it's kind of interesting like uh people want to and and it doesn't have to be endurance sports like ski touring sure snowboard touring you know or splitboarding whatever uh i ski more than i snowboard these days Mm. but there's a level of fitness required for that and there's a a big level of you know mental side that you need uh, especially play safe in this environment mm-hmm. and well even mountain biking whatever there's there's all this stuff that you need um it's kind of like i call prerequisites sure yeah um that help and you can't you can't go and read a book and then know it you've got to you got to get into it and be like hey i'll make a decision to you know embrace that but what i'm gonna say is everyone like want to test themselves why do, sure. why do people do marathons or why do people do Ironman or why do people go on these I'm going to do spearhead in a day it's it's because you want to challenge yourself sure but then people want to challenge themselves to see what they're made of but then they're hoping for the best day ever <laughs> like yeah. without like, the weather without struggle or anything. Yeah. you know yeah. the weather might be crappy oh it sucks and blah 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 and you're like <laughs> Well, <laughs> yeah. you're not really testing yourself now. Like, right. hey, attitude is a huge thing. Yeah. And, uh, but, you know, that's all from experience now. And, yeah, yeah back in my snowboard days when I'd do back to back winters, it wasn't always going to be this, you know, never thought I'd fall into what I did now. I was just always interested. So, mm-hmm. you know, I would, you know, make money by, I thought I was going to become a builder. Okay. And I went down that pathway in back to back in between the seasons. And yeah. um, then I was just looking at, you know, my boss going, he never sees his family. I don't. Yeah. I don't necessarily. It would have been good now in today's yeah. climate, definitely. Mm-hmm. But back then, and then I, you know, I got into, you know, did personal training and strength and conditioning certifications. And then yeah. we got into triathlon. I was. I never wanted to be a coach. I just wanted to understand more, right, see the mechanics, you, okay. and then understand, you know, putting stuff together. And you know, one thing led to another. So. so- yeah, like, because I mean, obviously, becoming a trainer and a coach, I mean, it's going to help your own game because you're going to teach someone else or help guide someone, which will help you learn your own skills better and get deeper at it. But did you have like a like do you have formal training? Like, did you go to like the kinesiology or something? Did you have like a like a like a... yeah? I went. Um, so I did all the you know for for coaching under triathlon. I did those certifications. Okay. Um, Is that like a mental and physical type training? Like they teach you how to like I mean, they, most they... of it's just the you know theory okay right you know you can learn so much in textbooks and then write programs and there's you know programming and breaking the year up into cycles and okay. stuff like that and and you know what are you going to look at and you learn a lot from doing it and playing around mm-hmm. but you know what i've learned the most from is people don't perform in a textbook manner yeah no. and life circumstances is a huge thing <laughs> so when you're dealing with um, you know, I've coached elite athletes and, you know, professionals and, you know, coached my wife for a, a time and coached yeah. some, some pretty good athletes and world champions and stuff like that. But mostly, like, I'd rather just train, right. you know, age group athletes um, that work full time, have families, do all that. And it's teaching them that life circumstances matter. Right, it's okay. not about because you can't have this perfect plan when you've got two kids and you've got a corporate job or you've got this or whatever. You've got to make this, you know, communications key and, and make a plan that works and still get the successes. And sometimes, you know, goal attainment takes longer. Yeah, right. Right. And, and that's okay. But what you learn in this game is that it's patience. Yeah. And, um, but, you know, that's evolved over my six, 17 years of doing this 17 years yeah so do you think like people are trying to cram too much in like they have a full-time job they have kids like hey i still want to be a competitive athlete do you think there's like 
like the time it takes to learn, even just learn your body and learn your own movements and how to recover and stuff. You think that people try to cram too much in? Like I, I think people definitely rush it. Yeah. Okay, everything yeah. well, we're sold now because especially today, right, right now, because we've, we've gone through um, this, we've gone through this uh, phase of virtual and uh, so there's virtual racing for everything and yeah. with that and even prior to that there's a lot of focus on high intensity interval training so mm-hmm. everything people have this belief that they can only improve if they go hard right okay and it's the complete opposite to that you can get fast by going slow and it's way better for the body right. um, so people what it is is just stress right so the body doesn't differentiate between nutritional stress sleep stress psychological stress training stress work stress financial stress stress with the you know fight you just have with your wife or you got a nine-year-old that that's lippy or something like that or whatever (laughs) you know it's um it's just stress it's it's just stress so what happens is your stress is building up and then people think that i've got to go hard Right. They've had a hard day at work. It's been crappy, whatever. And the last thing they really need is to throw a huge. And you know, males are the worst with this. Yeah. Um, though it's not just, you know, females do it right. too. Yeah, for sure. Um, but then they go and give it. They go and I'm going to take it out on myself. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like you need to go do some yoga or breathing or go right. really easy versus hurting yourself because that's where we start seeing like, you know, soft tissue injuries or you know we get chronic fatigue or stress fractures and stuff all that stuff happens and a lot of times you just got to go hey we can get high performance um and or even you know it depends where you are in life for me anymore it's like hey i I, i'm competitive i want to perform to a certain level sure but for me now it's more like hey what can i extract from life yeah you know what are the the events or challenges or time with my kids or my wife that i can do that you Mm -hmm. know um or friends where i can go and really have that fun but you know you got to put it's it's this mix to kind of make it white like i don't understand like how you know i have you know, i see people suffering all the time like sure. we live in the most amazing environment yeah, it's we're, right here. we're super good. lucky like you know summer <laughs> you know spring summer fall we get to ride mountain bikes or yeah. you know run in the mountains or do these cool adventures like it's on tap for whatever you kind of sport you want to play here yeah. um but people just are needlessly suffering because they haven't done any work right. and it and it, it's going to impact the enjoyment yeah um that you can extract out of that but you know coming into our season now if you're not fit i look at it as like i call i say this all the time to my athletes in endurance sports whether it's ultra running or ironman triathlon or whatever it is mm. um or you know people doing gravel races now because it's the thing and with the gravel bikes the gravel bikes yeah. it's rad Nerds. it's good fun <laughs> yeah, um, but uh <laughs> the adventures yeah so but you know like let's talk the people going up um out into the spearhead or even just quick side country stuff mm-hmm. you know you head up black home takes you know a lot of people 40 50 minutes to skin up yeah they're taxed yeah so, so, so now are you making the best decisions i gonna ask you that yeah right you know are you mentally making the best decisions to keep you and your buddies safe? Right. So if you now, you've got duress. Sure. The less fit you are, the higher the duress. Yeah. Where's the form go? Right. Yeah. I mean, the, 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 when your body's taxed, and you're just like, your brain gets tired. And then you're like, your, your decision-making process changes. I think that's like pretty standard. But it is, 
it's hard because I think people, yeah, people just, uh, I, I'm guilty of it too. You try to like make up for maybe being lazy one day. So you try to go harder to fix it. Or like, I have a lot of friends who are just machines. So yeah. for me to keep up, I'm like, man, I'm dying here. Right. So, uh, and everyone wants to, everyone's pretty fast. And, um, I mean, there's a lot of people in this town who are, I've said it before, I think it's a weird term, but off the couch fit and they just go and do like, they can get out on the, there and go. You can't use this town. This town is a, a really unicorn. different level of, yeah, I think <laughs> yeah. most mountain towns probably are that way. Right. Yeah. Like well, if you, how many Olympic? You can't you can't compare yourself to other people here. Yeah. Like, you think you're a good athlete? No. Yeah. It's tough. Somebody's going to come and kick your ass pretty quickly. Yeah. It's true, and I think like you know, if you say you're in Banff, there's probably if you were in the climbing scene there, there's probably guys who are that, that's that that's kind of that scene there and mountaineering because it's more kind of severe than it is the resort's not yeah. as you know friendly or as like you know pal pal friendly, but yeah, you there's a there's a level of fitness that to enjoy things that you need to have, and I. I mean, it's not to talk anybody up or down at all, but I think there's, yeah, this town does set a weird bar. Yeah. These kind of towns for sure. Yeah. And then, but you coming here as an athlete, like, did you feel that? You must have been like, I can hang with the rest of them, right? Uh, I came here as a, I'd still a triathlete. Okay. Right. But I was coming here through a time where I was in a real downer. Okay. Um, it wasn't a couple of years prior to that. I switched on a celiac gene. Okay. That was a, you know, a not so fun time of complete gut biome wrecking. And right. then just, you know, I did a few big challenges, some cycle events in the Dolomites. And then I did this huge charity thing that I organized, oh. um, you know, from Christmas to New Year's Eve, or Boxing Day to New Year's Eve, where we rode up the coast of Australia, but inland. So made the trip harder, raised money for charity water. Uh, but all these things are stresses. And I just tanked my system okay. and went through full adrenal fatigue. So even coming here at the end of 2014, I was... <laughs> kind of still in that and it was pretty dark and coming out of that so when i started you know ramping back training i was still a triathlete so i raced ironman here in whistler in 2016 and it wasn't by far my fastest or best result but what i was stoked on is like i had my strength and resiliency back cool and you finish it right i guess yeah 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 Yeah. so i did pretty well but it was nowhere near as well as i had done before (laughs) yeah um but it was it was it's a tough course it's a great course um and it was more just, hey, yes, I'm strong and fit again. Right. And I've raced enough of them and been to Hawaii a couple of times, won an age group, done all the things. You know, there's a lot of boxes that I ticked sure. where, you know, now I feel like, hey, I don't, you know, I got into ultra running and that was kind of something else I wanted to right. to do. But now I kind of like so many different things. Yeah. It's, um, and it all plays into each other, right? Right. Is ultra running like, I feel like it's kind of like a graduation sport. Where like you do a lot of these things, and then ultra running becomes like a thing you do in the, like later in your career. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I think it's, it's I don't, becoming I don't, I don't more mainstream now. So yeah. okay. it's kind of like, hey, it was Ironman. I mean, it was marathon as Ironman. Yeah. It seems like hundred. You know, if people have, you know, I know there's and I coach them lifetime as in Ironman. Right, they're yeah. not changing. They're not they doing the tattoo else. and stuff. You have an Ironman right? tattoo? I do not have an Ironman <laughs> okay. tattoo. Okay, uh, cool. not a Sorry. fan. <laughs> Sorry, do I have yeah. friends with them? Not a fan. <laughs> yeah, okay. It's, uh, yeah, yeah. Did you get Coca Cola tattooed on you? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> so, no. <laughs> <laughs> I like tattoos, but yeah, uh, yeah I would. Uh, I actually give one of my buddies here a lot of shit with these one. I'm like, that's why you've always got a calf injury. It's like Iron Man tattoo on your calf. <laughs> yeah, I just you know I, I'm not making fun. I just I'm just because it is. I would guess it's a it's a people. Some people just do it the one time they want to finish it. It's like there's like it's a big it's a big feat. It's a big yeah. challenge to get through for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's and you know the more you do those things, it, you can kind of be blasé about it. But you, right. you know, 
it's it's changed the whole sport the whole people the culture around it i believe has changed right. in in the mentality and stuff like that kind of needs to go back. more competitive now more like uh, not so competitive it's just different i don't right. know my wife and i are talking about it it's just yeah. different like um it's more of a rush and there's more like rush to achieve this and do that and right you know not put in the time like the stack up takes. kind of com- results and then yeah or yeah. trying to get there too quickly and not right. you know the body takes time it takes time yeah. to to do these things and you know i had a big summer this year yeah. <laughs> um right lots of different adventures and challenges because everything got cancelled and um but right. i was able to back that up and i think it's not just because it's just it's a long and you know a good portion of lifetime mm. of building this stuff up but for me now it's like you know, you mentioned, uh, you know, you struggle keeping up with your friends and stuff like that. You know, I just, I have no problem backing it off and going slow and people are like, oh, and I'm like, it's cool. Yeah, like I, I'm not I, trying to keep up. I'm just like, yeah, yeah but. Yeah, but I, I'd be that there. person where I could go, hey, yeah, there's people that can go way faster than me for sure. Yeah. Um, and, um, but, you know, a lot of times the people are like, oh, you know, sorry for, keep, you know, slowing it. I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I you know, yeah. now I can go and I know, like I've I'm, I've bought into mm-hmm. the benefits of true easy, yeah, right? And right. what what the just going hard all the time, you blow through your aerobic system, so you're not even getting that really online, and people become anaerobically fit. So it feels like they're hey, I'm setting PRs, I'm faster, I've got higher watts, I've got this and that, but they can last for a couple of hours, three hours. You go put them into something like you know hey, shit hits the war and you're out there for nine hours or 10 hours or something, you know, I don't hit the war. I'm not going to bonk nutritionally anymore. You know, I've set up my physiology so I won't. Um, And I've trained it in such a way that, hey, semi longer, I'll get faster as it goes. (laughs) And then there's that big mental component. But hey, if if you've just done hard, hard, short, fast, when it goes long and you've got to keep that form Mm. mentally, it's easy to break down. It's tough. Yeah, but I would guess at some points you do, like you talk about training and you can train for a long time, so look at the results, but there must be a benefit to inter- uh, intermittently throwing in, you know, the harder stressors, the oh, training course. stuff. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, of right. course. Yeah. But it's, it's have you earned the right to do that? Right. Yeah, okay, <laughs> you sure. know? Yeah. So ha- have, you, have you, we're these big red meat computers, mm-hmm. right? So most of our, you know, yes, we're individual, so there's going to be differences in you know, muscle fiber makeup sure. and type and how much you have of one or other or whatever. But we can, we can't all become sprinters, but we can all become endurance athletes, right? Okay, so we sure. can, you know, make that muscle fiber change um, by doing the right stuff. Right. So it's what we're actually on uh, my podcast. My wife and I talked this a couple of weeks ago. It's called ADS, aerobic deficiency syndrome. Okay. Right. People are training too hard all the time. So they're anaerobically fit but they're aerobically unfit. So that doesn't just hurt like fitness in terms of how long you can go for it. It hurts health as well. So you're much healthier slowing down. Like, you know, I'm 43 now. Most males above 40 have a huge benefit of walking. Walking is amazing. Right. Right? Sure. Yeah. I can't walk. It's boring. Get a dog. (laughs) Even though my dog likes to run, but you know, I run forever with my dog, but yeah, walking is great for you. It's, 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 it's an amazing health benefit. Um, but we're rushing through life so quick that people don't want to do it. Right. Um, but slowing down allows you to go very fast. So this year I haven't done until recently, 
Um, I haven't done any efforts. Like running, I actually took off. You know, I run the re- help. You know, co-run Rerun Whistler here. Okay, yeah. Um, trail run group, and obviously with COVID, that got axed. First right. time in three years that we'd missed stuff. Well, yeah. Uh, missed the Tuesday night run. And you didn't think that's right. So you couldn't just I guess because it's run by Lululemon, so you couldn't do it, or is it like an independent? Well, it's it's run by us, but okay. you know Sponsor. we yeah, Lululemon Sorry, yeah. supports us, okay. so you know you don't want to hand so and people early and, on. People like and even though again we're you know not yeah. running as a group, um, unfortunately, but uh, you know that was a you know you do that thing until when that stopped, my whole running stopped, and I haven't stopped running. Like I just you haven't like, run since I, did, I didn't run at the start, like from March. And um, I hadn't run that much or done any efforts since, you know, the previous year. Right. Like I went through like September last year. Right. I uh, dislocated, fractured my shoulder in the bike park. Sick. So that was in September. <laughs> so that, And that was an absolute prick of an injury. Yeah. Uh, and I've done a lot yeah. <laughs> from snowboarding, broken <laughs> yeah. backs and other yeah. things. And this was the worst by far. Right. And so getting into spring, it was all about... I'm just going to mountain bike. I really just, and yeah, got after it with my son and stuff like that. And, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then my, uh, my dog, my trusty dog, he's been banned from double black runs now. Um, he cut me off on a corner, one of the first shoots in Gargamel and, uh, made me go over OTB and smoke a tree. And I separated my other shoulder. Oh, nice. (laughs) So I was like, so that was like, all right, guess what? I'm back running again. (laughs) And then I was like, well, what am I going to do? And that's where I put my little uh, run everything up the Ascent Trail here on the cards. Yeah, so I, I, I want to talk about that because I think that's pretty cool. But I want to ask you just a quick question. So when you're like, since all the, the events you were you normally train for, whatever events you do still, um, you're, you have a, there's, that's, that does put a goal ahead of you to get to that, right? If you're, if you're training for an event. Yep. So without that now, um, the past little while, you did the Ascent, you did the ascent run. But like, is you, and you said you didn't run for a bit there because COVID, I guess. But um does your motivation change to to keep at a certain level when there's no like yeah, absolutely goal to raise? You know, yeah. uh, you, you know, I did have a goal like April. I was meant to run a hundred kilometer race in California, oh, okay. Canyons one hundred. Because I'm still, you know, one one of my ultra running goals is to race the Western States one hundred. Right, which is one of the oldest hundred milers in California. Okay. Uh, another local guy, um, Peter Armistead, and I run ran. Um, Rio de Lago, which is on part of the Western States, hundred miler a couple of years ago. Okay, um, hundred miles. It's like one hundred twenty kilometers. One hundred sixty. One hundred sixty kilometers. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Big one. All right. So, anyway, sorry. Yeah. And uh, you know, this one is one of those famous ones. It was actually a horse race first. It still is a horse race. <laughs> and uh, one of the guys' horses, the story goes, went lame, so he ran. And he actually beat all the horses, and then uh, you know, then it became this ultra run. Now it's it's got so popular that, and because it runs through a protected area, they can only it's less than three. I think it's three hundred athletes or something less capped. than that yeah. capped. So there's a lottery system, oh, and each yeah. year you're in the lottery, so you got to race a you know a, a like they have a bunch of races that you can do, and they it's either hundred k or hundred mile, right? And you, that gives you a ticket in the lottery. So each year you're in the lottery. Right. You can uh, you double your chances. So year one you get one lottery ticket, year two you get right. two, year three you get four, and it goes up until seven years. The problem is, over the last couple of years, like I think there was like three thousand. The first year I was in it, there was like three or four thousand spots in lottery tickets. Right. The year after it was. 
five and a half thousand. Then it was like yeah, six. Seven. So now, like you know, if you had if you had been in the lottery seven times, yeah, sixty eight tickets or something like that, you're pretty much guaranteed, yeah, a shot in the next year's race. But uh, now, no, so everyone's because everyone's got those results. So you're well, in this like yeah, it's just more people coming in. So right. more people coming into the lottery for the first time and then doing it. So that I just I choose a race now for me. I look at it and, you know, I've got a couple of, you know, 10th and 11th places and yeah. and top 10 places in ultras. And, you know, I'm at that age where it works really well and I'm yeah. mentally strong when it matters in the back end and I can still run really fast. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm like, you know what? There's a compromise. Right. You know, I'd have to put so much effort into it yeah. to get, and who cares? <laughs> you know, I mean, right now I'd rather bike with my son or yeah, go out course. with my friends and priorities, do that stuff and sure. have that as a priority. So now I choose my races and I choose them early so I can run through winter um, and do that uh, and still ski with my kid and do the things I want to do. Cool. And then when it comes to, you know, so I could run an April race, I signed up for it again in the hopes that <laughs> it'll happen. Outside, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> You know, and then I've got spring, summer. I can go mountain bike with right. him and, and do all that fun stuff and, and do other things. But that's cool. It's a good goal. Yeah. But definitely when COVID hit, like for it deflated a lot of things. And sure. that's why, you know, I I just didn't run. I just put into something else. But funnily enough, I didn't lose any run fitness. Yeah. Because I think, I think people just put more things into perspective. Like they were, they thought, I think their goals changed and they were more okay with just being more, a bit more stationary and just being content with what they've got. And, um, you get time and more more time with your kid, but that still motivates you to be in shape and do things almost maybe more because it's like a life event and it's like a it's part of you in front of you doing this stuff. But um, I, I did want to ask you too that um, uh, that um, Everest thing. That, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that wasn't that long ago, but and it was. Uh, I I get what it means. I think I gave myself a five week period to plan oh, yeah. for it, okay, right. uh, which is very short sure um it's everesting if people don't know it actually started um by a guy in australia uh, for cycling oh, okay. so you choose the one you know you, it was originally road, road cycling so you go up and down the one hill um so i met him in a in a van a specialized van in australia okay. doing a product launch for them yeah back in 2000 and it was 2014 and he we were chatting around and he was mentioning it and i'm like Oh, that sounds my, my kind of jam. Yeah, cool. I want to do that. So you choose a hill. You've got to go up and down the same hill. Uh, you can't sleep. You keep going until you've reached the height of Everest. Right. So I think uh, it was George Mallory used it as a training protocol to actually climb Everest. Oh, okay. Where, yeah, that makes sense. Out yeah. of uh, Victoria. So that's where it started now. It's a huge thing in the world. And now there's, you know, there's run Everest things added to it. People are doing double Everest things. Sure. There's gravel, mountain biking and stuff like that. So I came here when, and, you know, I came out of that adrenal fatigue stuff and i would driving back from vernon um or silver star through the winter and came back the duffy way yeah and uh that's the first time i'd come down duffy uh, lake road yeah. we're driving down it and i'm like i found my road well you did it there so i did okay. my first cycling everesting or my one eye cycling everesting i've done it to this day wow i did it on the duffy lake road so how many laps i mean how that was 8.6 so there, some people do like, I think there's people that, uh, you know, a local pro Xterra triathlete here did uh, Cadenwood. Yeah, right. Um, that must have been a ton of laps. That was, I think, uh, I think he was 75 laps. Somewhere, some, you know, for me, it was like, hey, that's way too many. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, <right>. But uh, <laughs> I, I was always, always like, hey, I want a short. And then when they did the Ascent Trail, so I had had this pegs 
two seasons ago or when, before they put in the gondola. Right, right. So, so anybody who doesn't know, sorry, is there, in, we're, we're in Whistler, but the Ascent Trail is the trail that goes from the valley to the peak of Blackholm, right? Yep. Yeah, Blackholm Mountain. Yeah, okay. Yeah, go on. So it's you know, just over six kilometers. Um, yeah, oh, it's a 1500 of vert or something like that. Wow, yeah. Well, I think the peak of Blackholm is like 2200. So, whatever, yeah, where do you, so where's the trail go to the right? Anyway, I had to do yeah. like 7.6 laps on that. So, up and down. So, that's one lap. Yeah. Well, see, so run it. So, cycling everything, you have to go up and down the same route. We're trying to get the mountain biking changed because it doesn't make sense to right. mountain bike up and down. That's just ridiculous. <laughs> so much, yeah. Um, and, but yeah, so the run, they put in a rule, which, yeah, I'm not stoked. Like, oh, right. it's like, no, they're never going to do that. Where you can get McKenna mechanized down oh wow so i could have used the gondola to go down right and made it a lot shorter day right or if you had a quad bike or you had a car driving sure. back down whatever it's kind of no cheating way now. It's like kind of cheating. the heart yeah i think it's cheating like yeah, it I just takes away from that yeah. um, the hardest part is actually the down your knees get worked man everything the, the, you go down you know, it's uphills are always tough yeah running yeah downhills are easy until they're impossible right unless you've trained them Right, okay. So, you know, so the idea is accumulating 8,848 meters. Um, so that was up and down, up and down, and I started it. When I start, I started with a buddy um, about 7.38 p.m. Right. And went through to the next afternoon. And uh, so, so it was about long, 20 hours. Do you have 24 hours to do? Is there, is there a time? No, there's not a time cut off. You just can't sleep. Oh, okay. Right, so <laughs> so I keep swearing, but that sounds crazy. You, you can't sleep, yeah. and um, you know it. It was interesting because uh, we could talk about what I did a couple of days ago, but yeah, yeah it was funny because I'd done some training on there. I, I did this like did my shoulder, then I started running. I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this everything. It's now because I was going to do it the year before. Dislocated my shoulder. Yeah, I was going to do it the year before that, but they put it in the gondola. Right, all right, so couldn't do it. Um, <laughs> and that I'd actually set up with with Whistler Blackholm to do it. Oh, cool. This year with COVID going on, I didn't say anything. Yeah, I just went and did it. it. Yeah. Um, parked my vehicle. That's kind of like what MO we just have with Whistler Blackham these days. Yeah. Just go and do it. Just go and do it. And, uh, <laughs> so it was, it was, it was pretty rad. Um, I had, I had someone with me the whole time. Like my sure. first everything I did all by myself had uh, a, a guy I used to work at Seven Mesh come out and photo, oh. photograph. The oh, Brian Goldstone. Brian Goldstone yeah, yeah. came out and him, yeah. um, came and shot. Cool. He came at the 11th hour and, yeah. and, and shot some photos, which is awesome yeah and then um and ken chaddock the ex-president of the cycle club here came out for a lap with me at the end but this one for the running had a buddy of mine who's um that i've coached for running for ultra running and he's a part of uh lions bay search and rescue he came and did the first four laps with me Wow. And which was pretty awesome. I thought yeah. he was going to keep going to go through the whole, the whole, whole, whole like, thing. I'm like, yeah. hey, it's only three and a half more laps, yeah. but he's like, I'm going to sleep for a yeah. bit. He came out for another lap, actually. Cool. Um, but that was that was that was pretty cool. It was a that's a big that's a huge accomplishment to me. I mean, obviously, I, I don't know if I'll ever do that, but like, that's it's just it's it seemed to be a little bit repetitive. But you're only doing you know so many laps. That's oh, repetitive. Yeah, but there's I, I want to ask you so. Have you ever done this? Is it the Berkeley where it's like the, that race where it's no, like, yeah. or like the one? There's one in North in New York where you just run around the same block for like a thousand times. You have like a six, three or four, a certain number of months to finish yeah, I've it. Yeah, seen that one. Yeah, have you done that's like, different to the the to, then there's the Barclay Marathon. Sure, yeah, which, which is like which is some old guy. Yeah, makes some circles and you got to run around. Yeah, it's it's a, a course and a documentary uh, on Netflix. You've got, well, there's there's the Backyard Ultra. Okay, which is a four mile loop you've got to do under an hour on the hour you leave 
until okay. you're the last man or woman standing. Right. So they did a virtual one and they had a couple of people live just for this year. Yeah. But the actual Bar- uh, Barkley Marathon, um, actually Gary Robbins, who runs all the Coast Mountain Run series, yeah. he, he he was uh, up there to win it. And uh, there's there's a good good show called Where's Dreams Go to Die. I won't spoil it for people. Okay. but. Right. Um, yeah, he's been there. I have no interest in doing right. that. It's it's a definite. It's t- my type of suffering. Yeah. But just to get into it and do stuff. Actually, a local guy that I mentioned before, Peter Armistead, who I ran yeah. the Rio with. He's he's been trying to get into it. There's a there's a secret code to kind of there get into the, to the op- opportunity to even get on mm-hmm. the list to get into that. It seems that like because I've seen the documentary on Netflix. So I just that's all I know. I didn't run or anything, but like yeah. uh, it just seems like one, it seems like that Everest thing is kind of like what I was getting at. There's a bit of like this quirkiness to it where it's like these unique type of like races or things that yep. are more than just let's run as far as we can run. It's like kind of like matching something that would be something you would do in real life if you went up Everest. But I guess there's aren't many of those things, I guess there's not many of those like unique. Yeah. Events. I think, I you just create your own. You were done, <laughs> done the one that, that Red Bull uh, 4,000 where you four, run up. 400? Did you do that? Yeah, I did that a couple of <laughs> years, uh, last year or the year before. Yeah. yeah a couple of years ago. I think it's tough. I, I think it seems that, tough. <laughs> that Mar- uh, who is that? It, Marion. Uh, Marion. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's a good buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, we did, we've done a lot of running together and some great adventures together. Yeah. Um, yeah, we did a good one where I can see it from here, actually. You can see Mount Fee. Yeah. So we ran behind that. Oh, really? Yeah, we camped up at uh, Brandywine and they had my truck up there and then yeah. we ran Brandywine, summited that, and then we ran ridgelines behind and got to behind Mount Fee and then got our way to Cypress Peak, climbed Cypress Peak, and then oh, came shit. out of the drainage out of there and yeah. then his car was on the Row Creek one. So that was a big day. How was, many Ks is that? Like, I don't think it's that many. It's like elevation game. Thirty k, but it was a not. Oh, it was. I think we we got back to his car in about nine and a half, ten hours. Okay. But then his car wouldn't make it up back up to mine, so we had another four k run after a beer <laughs> to get back up to our house. It was pretty yeah, epic. But been... he he crushed the yeah he did the it. um Red Bull four hundred. But that thing was like I did the uh, I got a spot through Lululemon and um. Yeah. Yeah, I think I was third in my qualifying. Uh, but it's funny because I was like so far behind and you just kind of, you get to the ski ramp part. It's steep. And it's steep and, you know, I just keep, you know, don't give up, just get through there and yeah. people just, you know, nearly literally fall off. Fall back down. But, you know, I got over the top and it was like, felt like I smoked, you know, a whole pack of cigarettes or yeah. whatever. And I'm like, ah, oh, I have a 100 miler coming up. So, get chill you out. know, or whatever was the wham here. I was like, you know, I'm, that was where I was like, you know, I'm not giving it all again. Yeah. For where I'm not, you know, there's no way I'm going to win it. Those are, that seems like a crazy race. There's also like the ones, the 50 miler in Squamish, the Squamish 50. Yeah. And they had that, the Chuck and that one. Chuck and that. Have you done been on that, that one? Yep. You've done it? Oh, okay, cool. Um, what's, because uh, there's all, there's so many little races around. There's so many, like, and, and these days, you know, they, there's tons of stuff, um, but you know, with with the year that it's gone, you know, and I was talking about this with my wife prior to this, and a photographer that I work with a bit that this concept of uh, life is the event, or yeah. the event is life, sure, yeah, you know, um, because it's all about being in a state of readiness, I guess, where someone could go, "Hey, bud, got this cool idea. You want to come and do it?" And you're like. Hell yeah. yeah. I had that a, a whole bunch of years ago here. A buddy um, who I met in triathlon in Australia way back in the day is coming over. He's, uh, he's friends with someone else here um, that we met. And uh, he's, he's from Canada originally. He's got a, you know, his family still in Calgary. Yeah. And he came out here he's, uh, for some skiing. And then he's like, hey, I've got an opportunity to climb Rainier. 
oh wow do you want to come do it i'm like i don't have any of the gear he's like it's all good got a friend guide in the shop down there whitakers or whatever and uh all the gears on window of opportunities now yeah and you know taking those windows of opportunity uh, yeah. that was rad that yeah, was that, pretty eh? cool yeah how long is that how long of a mission is that like we're driving from here <laughs> well yeah <laughs> but we were uh, we uh we got there and uh drove down slept the night at this staff accommodation for Whitakers. Right. Like just yeah it was like i'm way too old for this <laughs> it was, Trailer, it was yeah. pretty cool <laughs> um yeah. and then got got the gear the next morning got in the truck drove up to um the the car park there sure. and then we hiked up to uh camp muir okay um and you know some groups were coming down it was stormy it was pretty crappy uh we decided hey we'll see what happens and so we got there in late afternoon ate some food tried to go to sleep early mm-hmm. get up at midnight and then have a look and then it was starry night and oh, cool. uh got across that first crevasse field and now the guide young guide who's gone on to do some I love when people say they're going to do something and go on to do it. Yeah, He's been cool. climbing. He did, the, him and his buddy just um, opened up and did a new a first route up in Alaska somewhere just recently. Okay. Um, but he anyway, he got sick across that first crevasse field. And we're like, we could see a bunch of lights from some guided people. Yeah. And he's like, here's the ropes. Here's this stuff. I think you guys are good. Oh, wow. Go. Um in saying that, my buddy had just climbed uh, Charoyu, yeah, yeah. so an eight thousand meter, right. um, one of the top ones in the world. So, so I was I was confident it was yep. fine, and you know, there's some, you know, the stuff you don't see on the way up. Sure, and then you see those massive crevasses on the way down. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's the most one of the most glaciated in the lower. I got so a buddy who was a buddy's been there a bunch and he's ski toured and done a bunch of it up there and he's like yeah it's just huge it's huge terrain yeah, yeah. it's uh, it was pretty cool but we got up and down like, we weren't going for anything fast sure. but I think it was Camp Muir back to Camp Muir it was ten hours oh that's not bad um, so it wasn't you know it wasn't yeah. crazy but you know but the whole point is you take these opportunities and go cool you know I can do that I've yeah. got the fitness I've got the strength to be able to do that mm-hmm. um, and then you create your own little micro adventures there's so many on Taffy yeah. that we can do. And it's, it's fun. It is cool. And you can kind of keep yourself training. I guess there's like, when you do, like when you're just trying to maintain your fitness and stuff, are you like, what's a, what's a run for you? Like if you, if you did go for a run just to train or just to go and get some exercise, is it 10K, 20K? Are you running like, just like a... Well, it depends right at the moment because I've put that race back on the calendar. Yeah. So now I'm kind of putting some structure back in there. Yeah, okay. Um, through, through, throughout the summer, no, it was just, I'm going to mountain bike as much sure. as I can because right. it's just like, Fills me a joy, especially with my son. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'll go out and do. And I did some big ones. We did like you know we couldn't do the four four peaks because right. yeah, you know, get out to it was a bit late in the season yeah. with the shoulder. So when I got back, so we did, me and a buddy uh, we had a few buddies come on parts of it, mm. but me and a buddy did the whole thing. And it was you know we left at four thirty I think and rode um, Lord of the Squirrels with the lookout. Um, wow. So we got up there for sunrise, which is epic yeah I never um, sunrise but it's cool up there. and then came down rode to alpine cafe got some food went up did zanaki gargamel came out of that got some more food at alpine cafe rode across the black home and yeah. then did dark crystal to finish off the day so cool. the tri- three like, peaks that was like, super fun how many k's that like 50k or something like that um no it was end up more it was, uh, it was 70 something i think and uh it was only it's about three thousand. were you with julio no. Okay, but who the same yeah. thing? It's like seven. Yeah. I think yeah, it, and that was fun. So yeah. We'll do four next year. Wow. Um, but you know that was a, a bunch strung together. I did the Everest thing, and then did that, 
what else did I do? Oh, I did a double a double lots day. So I went and rode it with my buddy yeah. with the lookout. A lot of squirrels. A lot of squirrels. And then, so we did that with the lookout photographer friend that lives in Penticton. Yeah. So shot that. He's the main photographer at Sav Mesh now. Oh, cool. Um, and then we went and ran it. So we did a oh, bike wow. run. Oh, shit. So man. from Caden, oh, from, sorry, Stonebridge, bottom of Stonebridge, we went Dude. that way all the way back. So that was fun. Then did this other one. And then I went on a bikepacking trip. Uh, that, I chill Codens with my son. Yeah. That was pretty That'd awesome for a for nine sure. and an eight-year-old out yeah. there. Um, That's buddy. We did big like big big biking or, or biking yeah cool yeah sick yeah i haven't cool. been out there before but dude lord of the squirrels to me one like it takes me like maybe five and a half hours at like probably my fastest pace maybe five hours but i can't imagine it twice in a day yeah i mean i, I mean people do obviously but just it's it's for anybody who doesn't know it's it's a mission to get up there for sure yeah, it's i love it up there yeah, i've run it so cool. many times i've biked it a lot yeah um so then like so we you, we talked about like your, your business before when you had like the um like the um I don't know what you call it, like the rollers or stuff like that. But so you you do a lot of stuff that's you know hard on your body. What's your recovery program like? Are you, like, I mean, you're, you're into yoga for sure. Is there like, do you do like cryotherapy or like like hold and cold Actually, and hot uh, and stuff? And no, I else? don't. I would love, I'm in too small of a place, but right. you know, there's a bit of forest behind us. I could yeah. just, you know, you know, work on the principle of do it and then ask for forgiveness. I don't that's know. Right. That's the way um, to go. And uh, build one of those rounds, Swedish saunas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, that'd be pretty cool. What I've been doing is for the last probably three months is uh, the uh, Wim Hof cold shower. Oh, yeah. So, you know, I can get in straight cold, like freezing cold. And it's and my, my big thing is can I go through winter? Because the water temperature changes out oh, of the tap. Like it's, yeah. it gets, you know, it's like shooting, shooting razor blades sometimes. Yeah. But... Um, so do that, um, and he's breathing, which yeah, I find who was good. I talking about that? Um, Abma was talking about that. Yeah, yeah, and uh, so that's that's good. I need to do more yoga and stuff sure. like that. I've because I've s- deliberately slowed down in things in terms of I do big stuff, but I I don't care about the pace or the speed sure. yeah. a lot of the time. Um, not trying to break records or anything. It's like. I seem pretty strong and resilient. The injuries that I have had have yeah. been acute force trauma sure, yeah, of late, yeah, yeah. not overuse. Yeah. Um, so, but you know, rolling, still roll, okay. do that stuff. Um, but I swear, it's not an apple a day keeps the doctor away. Cold shower a day keeps the doctor away. And it's two it. minutes, man. It's people, you know, what I, you know, with everything going on, health is super important. Yeah. Um, I think we've become too comfortable. Yeah. You know, it's people, yeah, people can watch this and look at this. Oh, you're different. You know, you've done this all this time. No, not. I, I've always been, I love sports. From sure. Skating, surfing, playing rugby league, doing this stuff. Uh, you know, but I still grew up and drank a lot of piss and did all those things as <laughs> yeah, you for do. Sure. Yeah. Um, but as I grew, you know, I still did a lot of that stuff, but then, you know, eat really well. Yeah. Great nutrition. Drink enough water. Water, yep. Sparkling um, water, yeah. And uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, and and do the things and just look after you, look after your body. But I train. So back to that running. What, what am I doing? Like I ran today and yesterday, an hour yesterday, an hour and just over an hour and ten. Right. And I've, I'll run. Like I'm not doing anything big right now. I'll run four or five times a week, and two hours, two hours fifteen will be my longest run. Oh, okay. Yeah. It'll grow. And I, you know, Alter Lake Road and hilly and sure. stuff. But that, like. 
two hours like for people is a really long run um, i can run i've run like maybe 5k in half an hour so I've, yeah. been, I've been running like every other day for the past week and a half or so awesome. um and yeah like i i'm trying to keep around six minutes a kilometer just i'm not trying to run but I, i'm trying to run so there, there's a problem already you yeah. set it you're pegging your pace well i'm just saying like, I'm, I'm trying to get like i mean if i feel like it's seven or eight minutes as i've just been dogging it yeah but yeah That's like okay uh but the cold shower thing i do that too like i'll just have a regular shower and then ha- turn it cold after yeah, yeah it's good because I can't, I can't just hop in cold. That's a so, psycho move. That's man. how I started. That's just I just went, you know what? <laughs> Take a deep breath. Because there's this PDF. There's a book written called The Flinch. Yeah. Okay. Right. And it's uh, and it's it's doing things that you know you, you get that flinch. That, yeah. Ooh. Yeah. So it was like, can I, can I beat that? Can I combat that? Right. And um, so it was like, do. okay. And you can at first it was like. Oh, yeah okay that's cold whatever um and there's varying degrees of cold True. right so you can definitely you know half ass it or you can really you then, crank then, it cold yeah so it took a, it took a while so i'd you know it'd be like 15 20 seconds and then you know i i i, I just consistently keep it at two minutes now so and i got to a point where it was like bang cold first thing in the day i do it some breathing you up. do that it sets you up it, yeah. you you the, it's it's one of those things that we all know. Hey, you feel better when you go and do X, like exercise or whatever. Yeah. We know we get those endorphins, whatever. Cold is unforgiving. More people die of cold than yeah. heat in this world, right? <laughs> so you're like, so you have this fear of it, mm-hmm. but you feel freaking amazing. And after, you don't even have to go 30 seconds, but you know, the. The vasoconstriction and the dilation, if you go from hot to cold, is great. Yeah. So, you know, you can go and wash and then go from that to cold. Then and you, you still, out. you know, three months on, you still have those mental battles where you're like, hey, I've just run in the cold. I'm freezing. It's been wet or whatever. Yeah. And you're like, so you're kind of giving yourself an out. And I still don't take the out. Right. And that's mental that's toughness. Part, yeah, that's the part. That's, that's the tough that's part. That's the development of mental toughness because right. you go, if you do it there, you can do it everywhere. Um, and it's that comes down to that micro decision. Right. We all have millions of Those decisions Those are hard for make. me to get by a lot of the time. Just and like then, all of us, right? And, and sometimes it's okay. Yeah. Like you're never, you're not always going to, sure. you know, win the battle. <laughs> yeah, right? Totally. And sometimes it's like, and then you just got to go, remember how good it makes you feel? So just, deal with that initial uncomfortableness mm-hmm. and if you breathe through it you're like oh sometimes i gotta keep turning it down to ridiculousness right because it's like oh, it feels like it's warming up you can't jump into it. i i feel like for like for the cold thing though it's most people's experience with cold and cold water is when it's it's an accident and they're in danger yeah so like your mental state is like if i'm in the cold it's like a, it's a flight or flight fly, fight, fight or flight, flight whatever yeah. that's it yeah i'll mumble through that but that's why i feel like that's what my that's what my part of me thinks that it's the fear of that. That's why I go into the hot first and I have just a cold. I'll do it every time. I tell you like, you know, a few times a week, but again, you just go, I won't do it today. It's fine. And it's just that switch. It only takes two seconds to go turn it cold. Go, oh, deal with it and get out. Yeah. But I think that shiverness and that maybe I'm assuming it maybe this part of that, like instinctual fear that humans have that when you're in cold water, it's danger. We're told it's dangerous. Yeah. Even if you're in your shower, it's like, yeah. you know, it feels it's, like it's just, been it's, it's because the life would it's, it's become easy. comfortable. Yeah. It's become easy. And I think we need to move away from that sure. and stretch ourselves outside of that yeah. to have a little bit of discomfort that allows you to be healthier, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And perspective and and get more out of life. Yeah. And uh, 
you know, you do these things and it's, yeah, you know, do it for 30 seconds. Like you do it for tough, a, a few weeks for 30 seconds. Yeah. Um, I know I think they have just changed that. it for free, but you know, over a lot of the COVID period, Wim Hof had it on his app for free so you could track it. You oh, could okay. set like intermediate, whatever, but it's crazy. Like I'd been, I hadn't been tracking it and I decided to track it for 21 days and you do the thing. Mm. And if you get through the three weeks, you don't, you don't even have to do seven days in a row. Like you do five days in that whole week and it still kind of accumulates. Yeah. And it was like three, only 3% of the people that actually signed onto the app and started Yeah, only got to the the four weeks what through. What was it fucking called then? Yeah, like, <laughs> but, but, so yeah. my wife was like, yeah, no fucking way. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. I mean, no way. Yeah. Anyway. It's a novelty to do a yeah, couple times. No way. Yeah. Guess who's got into it? Right. Just because she, you know, it's just that age old thing. I can't say it. You know, mm. she read. Some stuff. Yeah. Um, she read, uh, there's a good book. Um, is it Scott Carney, uh, What Doesn't Kill Us? Okay. Um, and he talks about it because he's an investigative journalist who went to, he's, he's the guy that's gone and seen the gurus and blown them apart, pulled them apart and debunked them. Right, okay. So his whole goal originally with, with this was to debunk um, Wim Hof. Right, okay. And he's become one of the biggest fans and proponents right. of it and he writes all about it. Um, I mean, that Wim Hof, he's, he's everywhere now. He's like really well-known. Yeah. He's yeah. like people are following him. And, and he's eccentric and crazy, but yeah. he's got a heart of gold. And he seems like you really... just you just got to try it, right? And, yeah. and give it enough time. Yeah. A lot of times we go, I did it once, it sucked. Once is... It's a novelty sometimes to yeah. just do it, right? And, you know, for me, it's still like, oh, you know, I've done it for three months now. Mm-hmm. And I'll continue doing it because, hey, it wakes you up, you feel great. Even, and, if it, uh, even if it doesn't, even if it doesn't have an effect on your system at all, it still hits you in the brain. It gets you going. Like it does have effects for sure for your system. Well, but do even, this, do this is a challenge. Wake up in the morning, and turn the tap on, and splash cold water in your face. Yeah, that'll wake you up. You'll feel great. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You'll yeah. feel amazing. Yeah. So the next step then is the cold bath. Yeah. Or you know, I want to get one of those uh, feedlot 150 yeah, gallon baths. Oh, yeah. I've done ice baths. Yeah. All right, but you get that. Uh, 150 gallon feedlot tank. Yeah. Put it outside, fill it with water, put a lid on it for winter, and then get in every day in winter. And yeah. And just, you know, just do that. And I think if you did that in a Swedish sauna, it'd be gold. Yeah, so, like the whole thing of like the hot cold. It's like when you go scan out a spot, it's like, you know, if you yeah. go to the hot cold, it, it, it does like, yeah. it's good for your muscles and your, your immune system. Yeah, it's, more, it's, it's good psychologically. Yeah, it's sure. good for your mental health. And I think uh, that's, that's some of it. It makes you I think, focus in on get, yeah, everything think, else goes away. Yeah, I think people have, you have it's like, it's like, I was doing this stuff just like I've said before, I'll probably talk about too much, but just like, you know, a 30 day challenge of doing burpees every 30 days or doing these things. Like it, it, it once you, it's hard to start doing it, but if you just like, once you get the first thing, like, oh, that was actually pretty good. And I, you can see the, feel the difference. Then it's the next one's a bit easier, but if you don't do the next one, it gets harder to get to the next one. So yeah. you've got to kind of keep a bit of momentum going, not to torture yourself. But I find that if I don't start something again, or I've only been doing it for maybe like three or four months now, I've been doing these kind of things, but I feel like I, if I didn't get the next one going right away and I gave it a week, I'd be like, ah, I'll get it in a couple of days. And it's like, yeah. but those, those, those kind of challenges, um, the gamification of it all, we used to, everybody's, that's an old school term now, but it seems like that's what keeps more people motivated than ever. Yeah. And, but it, unfortunately, I think the double-edged sword is it makes people go too hard all the yeah, time. Yeah, and it blows and them it, out. And it blows them out. And it's like, you know, you know, turtle, hair, you know, he's going to get there at the end <laughs> sure. of the day. Yeah. Uh, and what's it about? Yeah. Like, you know, the motivation is, again, comes back to that, you know, the real event is life. Like, how mm-hmm. do I extract the most I can and mm-hmm. 
have fun. Still, like, I'm 43. I've got a nine and a half year old that absolutely rips yeah. on skis and a mountain bike. He's fresh human. He's got tons of energy. He's going. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's... And, like, he's quite, he's ridden, he rode Lord of Squirrels when he was six. Oh, no shit. Yeah. And oh, we did it this year as a family. Cute. Got yeah. back out, rode some fun stuff on the way out. Yeah. And I get to the bottom, like, you even tired? He's like, nope. I bet. And I mean, it's yeah. awesome, right? Yeah. And, um, yeah, I want to be 60 and riding with him. Sure. Will I be able to keep up? Hell no. But will we be able to go and have fun? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, starting the new hobby this last week or so, is, you know, right. something that I can teach him as well. Yeah, for sure. And that was some suffering. Yeah. Well, let's get into that. Like, I think we I mean, maybe I think like an hour or so here, but let's, uh, I'm stoked to talk about that for sure. Um, because it's a, it's a bit, it's, it's not like a, a big switch, but it is an unexpected thought of what endurance is when you think about it you're like oh you just go out you're talking about your hunting right so, yeah yeah so it feels like um it feels like it's oh you just go with the gun you walk but like if if you're an enduring a full day i mean you can explain it but it just seems like you, you do, i wouldn't it's hard to associate it with exercise and endurance when you think about hunting because the idea of people hunting is just walking around the gun yeah but it's you know we're here live in an amazing environment mm-hmm. and, and i'm new to it i still sure. you know doing my license and stuff like that so i was just going out as a mentee yeah um with a friend learning the ropes doing all this um you know and it's good slow walking yeah all right so the day out there is actually not that difficult but if you've ever watched the meat eater steve ranella yeah i think he was out with one of the episodes out with a friend of his he's a guide and he asked him why do people fail on the hunts and he's like two reasons fitness lack of fitness and lack of training with their weapon sure. with the rifle so yeah. miss the shot or whatever yeah. like that um two things well in your control yeah practice at the range get fit all right if especially if you're going out with a guide you're going to spend all that money and you can't do anything because right. you lack the fitness i don't understand them with that you know right. so you use that time but it would we uh we went out on monday it was my second time out first time I out we're out in the mckenzie basin um up near jack the ripper run for people that know Pemby pretty well mm. out there um, we drove a lot of the way up on that one, so it wasn't. We're out there all day. We didn't. We saw lots of clues and stuff, but right. never anything there. Um, but on Monday, uh, you know, we walked from the highway two hours up, and then yeah. get in there, and then actually we came across another hunter who got who got a buck, and I was like, ah, oh, you know, stoked and elated for him, but also disappointed and right. Oh, you know, stole my trying prize. to be trying not to be. Pessimistic right. and trying to be. Oh, maybe we both get one. That would be an sure. awesome day. And then we found some tracks and we we uh, we kept tracking and uh, you know everything plays out. But you know the hunt is the easy part. Well, you get some luck, sure, right? Yeah. A lot of luck happens. Um, but uh, my buddy got we got a pretty decent sized, you know, two hundred fifty three hundred pound buck. Yeah, cool. And um, off off trail, very steep terrain. Uh, it's an off trail. It's one of a super fun double black here. Um, yeah. one of the most fun trails I've ridden Yeah, and, uh, out of Whistler cause you can't shoot in Whistler but yeah. towards Pemby. Sure. Um, and yeah, that's where the real work starts. So yeah, you know, we feel dress this thing, um, all learning for me, a lot of respect, um, yeah. and a lot of gratitude, right? You've yeah. just. And well, it's something's life, yeah. but you know, you're going to feed your family with it. Yeah. Um, there was a whole lot of cool stuff that goes with that. Yeah. But then we 
put it all into packs. It's a hundred pounds, like nearly a hundred pounds, just under a hundred pounds on That's my a pack. Lot. And Extra then hundred and ten with my buddy's pack with the with the rifle. Yeah. Uh and then getting out of there and you know, in shin to knee deep snow, scrambling punching over. through, yeah. trying not and you got this, you know, it's you carry a hundred pounds on your well, back. Well it sits far away from you, right? You yeah, so it well it's still, you know, you're trying to cinch down, but sure. it, it moves and you yeah. you take a step and you spin around, you fall. You get up from a deep squat of a hundred pounds on your yeah. back each oh. time. It's it's and you know, we had about sixteen hundred meters of trail to go. I don't know the exact vert drop. Sure. Um that took just under three hours to get out after, you know, doing the field dressing, which was another couple, two, three hours. Um, That's so hard to do. You know, so there's a lot of work and, you know, endurance, you've got to be fit. Yeah. Right? So you're going to suffer with that much weight. So it wasn't wasn't the suffering, you know, all those single leg squats that you do in work, right? Right, yeah. Um, All this stuff, definitely the core work you do helps. Um, getting out of there, but the mental there's that sure. there's, there's the physical fitness and then the mental fitness that you're like, yep, yeah, I've yeah. got this. I'm confident. We're gonna get out. Doesn't matter that it's dark. We're gonna get out, and then yeah. you know you're getting closer and closer. And then the, the extra work starts the next day where you you do the butchering and stuff yeah. like that. Uh, there's a big process, but that having that fitness allows that opportunity, sure. which is so much appreciation across the board for it all. And it's something I thought I'd never do. Right. Uh, you know, a buddy of mine jokes, he's like, so you come here, you grow a beard, you are really Canadian now. <laughs> yeah, right, just fit right in. <laughs> so, it does seem like, I mean, yeah, the base fitness is there. And then just the adrenaline of, you know, you know, you see the buck and adrenaline just like getting a shot. And just as your first time too, you don't have the, you don't know, just, you're just not calm enough to even just re- retain the energy because you're just like, this is all new. And you're still like, you know, even if you're in shape, you just still stress because this is new and you're trying to like learn what's going on. And then I think, yeah, hiking out with a meat on your back and everything else, it's like, it's an emotional thing that probably drains on you a bit too, even yeah. if you're focused on getting out of there and stuff. But yeah, there's, there's so much that goes into it. But yeah. again, it's opportunities. And, right. um, you know, I feel that my buddy who took me is mentoring me. I've done the right things. Like I'm interested. I've signed up for the course. I've, I've, uh, yeah, doing the learning. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to suffer yeah. and, and learn that stuff. So de- dependable, right? Yeah. Be dependable. So it's like, hey, I know that another buddy who's like, hey, I want to do this. Yeah, let's go that. Or I'm going to take someone in, um, you know, another person that you've had on this podcast, uh, Guy Fatel. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Right. Yeah. So well, he came to Run Club and met him and chatting and he was like, I never want to race, but I'd love to do a, a trail marathon. Sure. So I coached him up and we went and ran, you know, Lord of the Screws, and we did all that, and had to run some extra out there. And right. then he got into, hey, this is cool, yeah, and fun like that. But he did these things, um, but you know, he had some fitness because he's a freaking great photographer, well, he's, and he, yeah. he he's out there ski touring, ex military guy too. Yeah, yeah. he's yeah. got the mental capacity, yeah. and right. um, but that was fun. So you know, when we've had some other fun photography adventures, yeah, or just fun stuff to get out and do. So you you know, you can have these people that you can either bring up to that level um, that are keen and interested and will do the work um, and others, you know, Hey, like Marianne Treger, like yeah. if I wanted to go and do some Everyone suffering, forever. he'll be up for it, you know, yeah. vice versa. So I think it's cool because well, I th- I'm not a big runner guy, but being able to run in these kind of environments, I mean, if you live in the city, it'd be hard to be motivated to run a lot because you're just doing it for fitness rather than there's less experience. Maybe I'm not trying to knock being city, obviously, but like 
when you get out there, even ski touring and stuff, and you know, I'm on my mountain bike and stuff too, you get out there, it's just a cool place to be. Yeah. So whether you're out there on your feet, you're on wheels or on your skis, whatever it is, there's a bit of motivation to get out there because you could see the sunrises and cool spots and stuff. And it does help that the setting is a big portion of the, the motivation to do it. Yeah. Well, you think, you know, go back to riding up into the Mystic for the Lord of the Squirrels for that trip. Yeah. It's a suffer fest. It's a mission, yeah. But once you get to that first viewpoint when you see Black Task and you see yeah. Daisy Lake, awesome. and then you get to the next part and you, it opens up here in the Alpine, there's a second wind. Yeah. Right? Yeah, you've got that more climbing to do to I get up that. there, which yeah, which people forget about. And <laughs> I hate go, it all the oh, time. Once, you, once right. you go past the wooden boardwalk and then you get, and you're like, oh, yeah, I still got to zigzag. Like, oh, yeah, it's, it's a suffer you that climb, there, yeah, right? So, sure. um, and, but you get this yeah. extra... Wow, this is awesome! You get the, you get the feeling of nature hitting you in the face yeah. and the eyes. You're like, oh no, because you're not just in the it's trees a second anymore. Wind. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. It that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, I think the the setting does help a ton to motivate you for sure. And just going running, exploring new places, and biking like people. That's why people love to travel and ski and stuff because they're in nature when they go to these places. Yeah. And it's it's again opportunities. Like yeah. how many people, unfortunately, never get to experience this, yeah. and it's like. Oh, wow. And I look at it now. It's like, hey, I can learn to hunt and do this and feed the family, but it's something else that I can eventually do. My son's super interested in well. Yeah, sure. And, you know, I can do that and pass on another skill set. And, you know, myself personally, there was no way I was ever going to hunt. And then, you know, learning more about it and how, my, how much hunters are into conservation and sure. looking after stuff and making sure everything yeah, you know, you know, the six shooters just shooting stuff. Yeah, I mean, there's no, a full it's, process it's, behind it's, it. Yeah. You know, and, and to actually get your license, there's a lot it's a lot of work yeah, and a lot of cross checks and a lot of things to get that rifle license and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But you know, you see those people that respect it so much more and um the buddy who's mentoring me, he actually put me onto a book that's based in the Chilcotans back in the way back in the day, okay. early, early days, uh early nineteen hundreds. Uh, this is before I think vehicles were even like they eventually right. got a vehicle as one of those first Land Rovers or something like right. that but right. everything was like hey we want to go to the post office it's a two or three day trip with horse and cart right yeah right um, yeah totally and do it at the right time before the snows come and yeah. whatever it's called Three Against the Wilderness I right. recommend if anyone loves reading that book is oh uh, yeah but, I'm gonna check it out but that sure. book was kind of like got me thinking is like because they lived off the land they'd set mm. traps and do all this stuff and and hunt and uh it was three of them and um wife and husband and son and it was just like i don't know if i can go through life and not experience experience you know fully where our food comes from yeah um yeah as, as we talked about pre-show hey yeah we can buy it from and we buy our beef from you know yeah grass Spray Creek, beef or something yeah you know yeah. it comes twin from rivers Red or, yeah. or, or pamby um but you don't have that same connection. Sure, yeah. Um, and to have that connection is something special. And it's not going to be for everyone, right? No. You know, I even had a question like, hey, when you're first field dressing this thing, is my stomach going to be able to handle Dude, that? Dude, I mean, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a big thing. And, and you're like, you know, and just watching my buddy and how emotional and thankful he was, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't like this rah, rah, you know, I'm no, just you're done like, this. and you watch some of these and they, none of them are like that, you yeah. know, or very few probably are like that. They're all like, you know, hey, thank you, and and then do what they need to. Because they, they, re- I mean, I, I don't do it, but I mean, I, I realize I, I can, I can, I can guess, I guess, like what the, like the connection is to it, because you just ended its life to to sustain yours, and it's like it wasn't like it was easy. You didn't just rock up in a truck and yeah. do it. Like the efforts there, and I think that's more sustainable than I mean, 
we can we could get into this whole idea of what stand up. <laughs> I'm not going to because <laughs> I don't know enough about it, and um, you know, I get roasted for some stuff. But I think, um, yeah, that that's like an experience that's it's 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 a life experience. Like it's like a mental like learning and just like um, an emotional experience yeah. and and learning, not just the physicalness of going out and you know bringing food home. Yeah, there's like a connection to it. Oops. I think it's. I think it's cool. I I I I'd like to try it someday. I just again like I just like oh, do I need to get a license? And it's a bit of a process. So it's it's like, it's how, it's, it's so a, how committed to it do you have to be to get the process done? Well, you have to get be committed to it to wait three months, whatever it is, to get your license. I don't know. Well, how it's even uh, you got to go and you can't even you look at the doc because I looked okay, I downloaded the form, do all that. Wow, there's a lot of checks here, especially if you've got if if you've got like you've divorced and have an, a partner, you've got to get that partner that ex. Oh really? To sign off. So there's there's a lot of stuff. People are fucking crazy. That's yeah, why. Yeah, So you got it. There's a whole lot of stuff. <laughs> sorry, but then sorry. you got to go do what you called your uh, PAL possession oh, yeah, sure. acquisition yeah. license. Yeah. Um, and you can do your RPAL at the same time, which okay. is restricted um, possession acquisition license. So you can do that, and then that you do that, and then you you pass that, and then it's you put in the document to the RCMP, whatever, and then that just sits there. That's got to sit there for a month before they even touch it's it. The background check thing, and right? Then, yeah. Even before they touch it, it sits there, whatever they process, it sits there for a month, and then it's going to take an extra few months after that right. for you to get it. And then to hunt, you got to do your core. Okay. Um, the hunting stuff, which you can do. I'm doing that online. Um, and then we do, we're going to do the test after. This I guess a lot of things have kind of changed because it's a lot of stuff online. So, yeah. um, yeah, it, it's, it's a long yeah process and you got to be committed to it and then obviously there's the the financial aspect sure. as yeah. well you can go hey um we just got you know two to three thousand dollars worth of meat that's a significant yeah. amount of and meat. i think that's the, they, they do that on purpose to deter you from just going to get a gun obviously i mean yeah. at the time of doing it, you got to be committed to it yeah but so, then like yeah you get the meat and now you have a year's freezer full yeah. or more depending yeah. how much you eat it yeah so the, the, you know it, it's a process yeah. uh, i just thought it was one of those you know, it's it's where we live now and what we do and um, a life skill yeah. that I can't, and it's not for everyone for sure and th- and that's okay. Yeah. Um, but it was one of those things that's like for me, it just felt like you know I've looked at things change over the time from fully competitive in these sports or whatever to you know okay I I'm still going to go and train and do these things right um, and work on some areas that I'd call weaknesses and then. And see what that brings. And, you know, I came here. I came here with a cross-country mountain bike. I had done right. nothing wrong as bike yeah. for Whistler. Yeah. Right? yeah, we didn't know. It's like, yeah, yeah the innocence, yeah. right? Yeah, so, and then you go, that's not going to, that's after you get your ass handed yeah. to you too many times. It's like, okay. And I was looking at trails like, how do you ride that? No I still do way. But then you get an yeah. enduro bike and you're like, woohoo, this is super fun. And um, yeah. But again, it's just like, hey, have that. We live in such a rad place. Yeah. It'd be kind of a waste to waste the opportunities that are there yeah if you don't have and i don't mean you have to be the you don't have to be david i mean you know david Goggins. Goggins. <laughs> right yeah and, and you don't have to go Stay out and, 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 and even i look at it and i'd be like that that driven before or you know uh jocko yeah up at 4 30 every morning the watch photo you know, every day. and freaking get after it and discipline and discipline does equal freedom sure definitely agree with that but I don't know if we have to be so, you know, those guys are military background. Yeah. Their brain thinks in that way and that is how they are. And that's how they've seen success. Right. So they're and keep... to put that across to every civilian. 
No, it's not, it's not a cookie. You know, nothing that fits everybody. There's yeah. people are different. So yeah. I, I don't think you have to. And I so say you could look at it like, yeah, but you're this, and you're like, well, you don't have to be that. And don't compare. Just but do yeah, it. comparison. Yeah, the Thoreau, thief of joy, or something. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't know what the term is. Um, there's a, there's some yeah, kind of quote comparison there. is a thief of joy, and, and <laughs> right. it is. It's so true. Sure. And I think we try and make stuff so complex. And the more complex we make it, yeah. the harder it is to actually do. Yeah. We just got to go back to simplicity and just go, hey, what is it I want to do? All right, we're getting into ski season. We're going to get into ski touring. We're going to get into that. There's a huge, and we're going to see a massive increase this year. Have you seen that video that Origin put out just recently? They put out this video of like the, 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 the impact of the Spearhead, Spearhead Traverse and yeah. how many people go, the, the, the lines of people and stuff going up there and... I mean, I knew I knew about it, but it's, it's just funny to see like the, the visuals of it and how yeah. much it is. I think, well, even not even to that, like that could be a good thing to get out. Sure. Um, you know, I think just looking at Blackcomb on any given good weekend, getting out, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. And and you know, unfortunately, it's only time before a solid accident happens. Um, yeah. And you know, especially on Decker, yeah, um, it, it should be quite there. scary. Um, but it's it's like, hey, be prepared. So have the fitness to be prepared, but then have the training and spend the time. Yeah. Like, do do we do enough beacon training? Do we do enough of this? Like, are you prepared? Are you prepared when shit hits the fan? Yeah, and like I've seen some friends of mine who are pro athletes. And I've seen them on Instagram. I do they do their own like beacon tests and do their own training once in a while, which is pretty cool. Because when I started doing this, it wasn't people. I just we would just go and you know kind of go and do it. But it's cool to see some proliferation of people doing like even just like pro athletes people look up to. Um, you know, they're doing their own little beacon training stuff on their Instagram account to show people just to show you how to keep up with it. Well, right? I think, you know, everyone needs to go and do their level one. Sure, yeah. But the problem I see with the level one is that some information becomes dangerous. Yeah, that's what they say. In the level one course, they say you don't, you know enough to be dangerous now. Yeah. Yeah. So you got to do number two. Yeah. And, you know, get some experience, have some experience. And, and I think. Where where do we see accidents? Communication. People are shy to ask. They they don't want to. They don't want to sound dumb. Yeah, that's and sound dumb, right? Yeah. And I say to all my I athletes, sound dumb all the time. I say, I say to all my athletes, the stupidest question is the one that's never asked. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Right. So you know, everyone started somewhere. Yeah. And we all. I I don't know everything. Yeah. Holy hell! No way. I've got to. You know, <laughs> got to ask shit. questions and do yeah. this. And why would we do this and do that? And you know, I've had that. You know cowboy shotgun approach in, sure. the, in the process and you get away and that, that's the problem because 90% of the time in the backcountry you get away with it yeah. so you're building this ideal that you were safe sure where you could have just got lucky every and it most likely you got lucky more than you didn't yeah and it's only that one time um, and I've been in a slide it's scary as fuck and you know you, you come out of it and you're like okay I don't want to I don't I don't want to experience that again yeah um, I, I think a lot. I mean, I've never been in a slide before, but yeah. I mean, I have lots of friends who go out and they, they do it all the time, and a lot of people are really well educated. It is, but it is cool to see the people are treat, treating it more seriously. But there's just the the mass of people. I think it's the the people joining is outweighing, outpacing the people that are learning. Yeah, I was. Spe- and that's it's not that somebody's fault. It's just like people just are don't know they don't know sometimes. Yeah. You know. Well, it, and it's it's the biggest it's just, it's growth just, in our in in winter sports. Yeah. Uh, actually, I was speaking to one a. a a guy at Solomon recently, and um, I said, oh, you know, guarantee it's going to be like mountain bikes, right? Or the backcountry stuff's going to sell out. He's like, yeah, we're on that pathway. But what's actually sold out already more was cross-country ski stuff, which yeah. is interesting. So it's all gone, and now people are, you know, 
gunning that's, towards that's it, hard, hard, which is fine because yeah. we want to be out there. Like you can't yeah. be an asshole and say don't go out there. No. You know, we're, we're all out there for a reason, just, and it's beautiful and it's yeah. stunning. It's just there's no rush. Yeah, take your time. Yeah, enjoy it. It's the the backcountry is a special place. Yeah, respect it. Um, Mother Nature, Mother Nature doesn't give a damn how much preparation you've done. No, whatever. she's just out there living her yeah. life. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah. you you know just but take the time and yeah and, and do it and 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 you see a lot of rushing at the moment. Like everyone's sure. got you know, uh, I think in hunting they call it buck fever in in the snow. You're like people are just getting after it already. And you're like the yeah. snowpack is really. Yeah, right thanks now, for the intel, but it's good. It's it's good relative to what's what time of season it yeah. is. But um, yeah, it's. I mean, there's that's a that's a story that needs to be told more often as far as like the the, the learning of being in the background. I'm no expert. I've only taken my level one, and you know, I definitely go with friends who know what they're doing. And I don't go that often, really. But um, it's probably worse. I don't go that often. But there is a responsibility you have to take for yourself. It's like you know, you don't jump in the water if you can't swim, yeah. you know, because you got to learn how to swim. I, th- I think, yeah, ego can be good, but we've got to drop a lot of it and just yeah. ask questions and, and be okay with it. Like, yeah. You know, we're all fallible. You know? yeah. <laughs> it's like, we hey, ask and, and maybe we don't die today. Yeah. <laughs> hey, one thing I want to ask you, I'm going to, I told me to a different direction here because yeah. I want to ask you That's early good. on about nutrition. And um, when you talked about how you, you know, you're, you're, um, you're hunting and stuff. And, um, I want, I was curious if you ever had a time where you were a vegetarian or vegan or how much meat plays a role in your diet and yeah, recovery uh, and stuff. For sure. I went, uh, I did vegan for nearly a year. Okay. Um, so I'm celiac, found out I was celiac. So I don't, what, what does that mean again? So, so I can't eat gluten. Like ah, it makes okay, me right, horribly yeah, okay, sick. So right. autoimmune. Um, so I had the gene, never knew it, but okay. that gene got switched on probably through a perfect storm of shit. Um, when I was about eight years ago now. And, uh, so yeah, I had a whole time of fixing gut biome and, and nutrition's always been an interest to me. Sure. You've been Um, done a whole lot of stuff and, you know, it it really became an interest when we got into triathlon and then first event, you know, doing this carb loading and feeling like I was going to throw up and they're like, you shouldn't feel like how, how can I perform when I'm going to (laughs) feel like this, like a couple of hours before this is ridiculous. So that kind of made me question like hang on this doesn't make sense yeah you know if if training has gone down in taper but now we're ramping food up the body it needs to do something with those excess calories right and we've got as we can see in 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 our environment right an excess ability to just store fat yeah sure yeah um you know so we can either excrete some of that extra carbohydrate we can use some of it but because our training is really low then then we're going to put it on as we have to the body's got to store it somehow right right so it's going to store it as it's going to turn it to fat and yeah, of course and store it that way so i started questioning that and did a lot of extra research and then study and, and different different things in there and yeah you know, air flow went through that normal endurance athlete carbs are king whatever sure. Then went into you know became celiac and you know obviously you know I got to, had to be super careful, um, still do gluten, uh, and then went into like this fat ad- adaptation went too far like you know most people swings. pendulum swings too far and you go way too far outside you know full keto whatever and I definitely think that played a role with sh- other stresses in life so okay. that led to me going through adrenal fatigue and stuff like that got out of that eating to what we do actually my wife and i are going to do a podcast on nutrition this oh, cool. week Sweet. Nice. Um, <laughs> I'll listen to and, and try to be a bit more balanced um because and, and go back to simplicity not complex right but leading up to my first i have a bunch of 
and I've coached a bunch of vegan athletes. You know, we've got the celebrity, you know, your Rich Rolls and sure. Brennan Brazier and, you, you know, a whole bunch of guys in different things. And, mm-hmm. you know, you can go on Netflix to your heart's content and, <laughs> yeah. you know, see all that stuff and, and have a look at it. And I decided I had a whole bunch of vegan athletes and I'm like, why are they, why are some of them non-resilient? Right. Is it they're eating a shitty vegan way? Yeah. Um, because, you know, people go gluten-free and they eat shit. Right, because the right. education it, and that kind of stuff is hard. So to it's, it's tough. And, and it's so, uh, you know, there's so much division and so much, hey, I'm writing a book, so I want it to be a bestseller, so I have to be, you know, stand out from the crowd sure. or whatever. Um, yeah. But, you know, I was, I, I was questioning why I was seeing this. So I actually went vegan for just over 10 months um, and did all my training for my first 100 miler. My first 100 miler was in the mountains in Wyoming. Okay. And so it was a big one. Um, and you know what? Honestly, I felt great. felt yeah. strong, resilient, everything like that. But it's there's this honeymoon period for most people when you're trying to be a you know an athlete like that. feel like, and I, and I have a lot of very smart friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and looking at bloods and different things and getting some testing. There's a, a few like, you know, being celiac, B12 is a tough one. Right. Right. Yeah, but you can't. You have and, to supplement and, usually. Yeah, and you and supplementation is you know is it as bioavailable as sure. you know the real thing and and you know how much bit D you're getting through and, and and other things and how much absorption are you getting and it was just like there was a couple of things where I'm like, am I on that precipice of feeling good? But there, you know, because over time yeah. your body will be depleted in nutrients. So yeah. if you're, if you're not then, getting them, it won't notice it right away. Yeah, and you can see nervous system stuff and some. Right irreversible damage that you see right, okay. and i've seen you know i've seen some people have some especially soft tissue injuries can't get on top of it you know i had an athlete that was a 10-year vegan just recently and not to my doing he's did it himself and you know he we're dealing with a year of plantar fasciitis issues and um you know and, and working out everything the guy's diligent on his rolling and doing this and looking at nutrition yep you're eating everything well doing yeah. blah 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 and and then on his own accord, he's like, hey, I've started adding some fish back in. And then he started adding some meat back in. Yeah. It was like... Changed him. Changed. And it was two athletes recently, the same thing. Right. Funny enough, you've gone from over here yeah. and there was a book called The Carnivore Diet. Yeah. And I'm like, guys, stop with the extremism. Yeah, right. You're right? on each side. Right. You, we actually don't need a ton of meat. Right. We need some. Yeah, I believe. Yeah. yeah, and you know, people argue and debate that. I believe, and that's fine. And I yeah, see I think we, I, resiliency, and 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 you know, each to their own. If you want to be that, I'm saying, like, if you want to be vegan, go for it. And you can do, do it. it. And like you can people. do it. It's tough. Yeah, right. You can't look at Rich Roll and he does it perfectly. Guy earns a lot of money on his podcast and stuff like that, and he yeah. can get all the best supplements and things, and sure. lives a very zen life as well. Now, um, for most, their life circumstances aren't that way where they can. Sp- Spend that much money on the needed supplements and sure. make sure that everything can. And you've got to be super careful. Like yeah. it's 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 a much tougher way of preparation sure. and doing everything needed. Um, so they're trying to go this way. I'm like, guys, settle. Let's like let's be, you know, a bit more balanced here and okay. focus. Um, get all those nutrients in. Like you're gonna miss. And interesting enough, that book wasn't even. I think it was maybe released a year ago or something. Right. Probably did pretty well, and all these other stuff. And now he's just come out with, I need to add X, Y, and Z back into my diet for my health. 
And we've seen that on a lot of YouTube right. vegan stars of late too, where yeah. all of a sudden, hey, I'm doing this, uh, especially females trying to get pregnant or they've got some health issues going on and they've added it back in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, if these people maybe not doing it right, it's, it's tougher. Right. So for me, you know, I look at it as like, hey, do I need to, you know, eat meat only no do i need to eat like i'm eating the thing it did was reduce how much we ate sure yeah right so way smaller portion sizes yeah yeah i, I love fruit and veg right yeah, so yeah. i'm gonna get that in there um you know i love my butter still yeah yeah butter's um, good man but, it's favorite. you know i like all that stuff and i know for me um from going through like super low low um carb and higher fat um being celiac i need some of that carbs like rice or sweet potato sure. or stuff like that to make me feel resilient i don't know what it is it's something to do with my celiac that i can deal with that but you know there's times where you know i will fast and there's times where mm-hmm. i'll do my long sessions faster won't eat you know have my coffee in the morning and then just go out what's your like i mean um, I like 16 hours do you ever do full days or do you ever, like, i've done yeah yeah um and i've done a lot of the intermittent stuff as well um I don't do it all the time, right? Yeah. And I don't fast all the time now in terms of, when I say fast, it's like, hey, I'll, I'll eat it. And we eat early. So it's probably pretty long because we'll eat yeah. it 5, 30, 6 o'clock usually. At night, yeah. At night. Yeah. And then I could get up, get our kid to school, go for a run. Yeah. And then we're eating breakfast at 10. Oh, wow. Yeah. Right? So essentially, I've, I've fasted. Yeah. Um, but through that, there's been times and, and the thing that I'm still working out is when I go, like I can do all my long stuff up to like 50K training runs and eat nutrition, have no problem. Get in a race and with the celiac, I still have some, each each one I've still done well and raced well, but I've had areas where I've had to slow down guts in pieces. My last 100K, I didn't eat for the second 50K. Oh, wow. Nothing. No shit. That's a lot, a lot of energy big, going out. Yeah. And I still was able to race well. So right. I've had this, and I don't hit the wall. So I have this huge ability and I've been able to push it in the back end right. of the race, uh, which is a big mental component as well. Yeah, and when I say the back end, not the last few K, no. like the last Half 30, the race. 30 <laughs> right. 40K and 100 mile or yeah. whatever. And, you know, so the, that time has definitely helped and get maybe a better word or a better word, metabolically efficient. True. So you want to, and this is going back to what we talked about earlier, where people are training high intensity all the time and yeah. just, so they're in that anaerobic pathway, so they're in glycolysis, so you're burning carbs. Right. So you've got a limited tank. Right, you got to eat them, yeah. So the idea is you have this semi-trailer, right? It's full of fuel at the back and you've got the gas tank on the front. You burn out, it's like, hey, I've just broken down on the side of the road. Because I can't access all this right. fuel, <laughs> yeah. Because right. I've been training too hard all the time okay. and teaching my body that it's going to predominantly burn that source. Oh, okay. So when you go into the lower intensities and easier, you're burning more fat for fuel, and you're teaching your body to spare the glycogen needed. Okay. Right. Right. So, yeah, you've you've probably got a couple of hours of that glycogen at a seri- you know ninety minutes to two hours of solid intensity before okay. you you run out and yeah you can bring it in but it's not as efficient right, right. so if you've turned if you've you know in these lower intensities and people that like zones zone one and two easy moderate i, I go off intuitive intensity because people have lost the feeling of what their body's telling them sure um and if you do that you're burning more fat 
as soon as you go into that, like kind of comfortably uncomfortable, which we kid ourselves is our easy or moderate, yeah. where we're bullshitting ourselves and going, <laughs> hey, this is, it's not where, you know, we couldn't string even a short sentence together, but we're right. training there a lot of the time. Yeah, okay. Right? Or maybe you can have a really short sentence, and you, but your, your breathing is noticeable. That's me most of the time, yeah. Right, sure, so yeah. now you're burning some fat and more carbohydrate. Right, okay. Then you push that little bit. Now you get into that lactate, you know, those real hard efforts that you push and everything. Okay. Now you, you, you burn it, you know, using lactate, but you, you, that carbohydrate process. So you're teaching your body to just rely on that. And that's why people hit the wall. Okay, right. That's that makes why sense. they bonk. So it's, hey, you don't need to, if you eat, Right. We, we have all these arguments of this, oh, you can't, you're, you can't do this low, low fat, I mean, high fat, low carb. And, yeah. you, know, you know, we got sold back in the late 70s of low, the, you know, cholesterol and, and that myth's been blown apart. Sure, yeah. Um, you know, Ansel Keys, cherry pick data and, and you look at that and you're like, okay, this is where we've got to and you just have to look at the state of the world and the health that's yeah. come off that. So if you're looking at it, you go, you know what, if I ate a diet, like, you know, no one got overweight by eating lots of apples. No. <laughs> right? It's pizza. I eat, I eat, I eat four pizza in <laughs> yeah. one sitting. So, yeah. yeah. So, uh, you, you, you look at it and you go, you know, if I eat a good amount of veggies, you know, cruciferous veggies, not all you just hate potatoes and starches, sure, but, right. you know, you eat a lot of green, leafy veg, you eat a lot of broccoli and zucchini and, you know, all, all different colors and stuff variety. like that. You have a yeah. lot of variety of peppers or capsicums as Aussies like to call them. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, you got this variety of that, little bit of meat. You got some fat on there, which makes food. You can only taste, make fat taste good. I mean, food tastes good a few ways. Right. Add fat, yeah. add salt, or add sugar. Sure. Yeah. All right? right. So it's 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 it. Yeah. Right. So if you're devoid of fat, you, you, the food tastes pretty crap. Well, like I, how good does low fat whatever taste? It tastes, no, like, it tastes crap. like shit. Yeah. All right. That's like, like most gluten-free refined shit tastes like cardboard right? yeah right so, <laughs> yeah totally. you, you want to stay away from it but if you eat this you lots of you know a, a bunch a well of well-balanced whole foods diet yeah but what's well balanced people have no freaking idea yeah, right so eat a lot of fruit i mean a lot of veg some fruit eat a small portion of of protein mm. you know yes i'm going to be more biased to some flesh protein there um but if you do and some and some good fat like don't be scared of fat i think people have got so scared right the fear, you know, as we see a lot of fear at the in the current environment, but we, people got so scared of fat that they won't use it. Right. But, you know, you see guys in the Tour de France pouring olive oil, yeah. right? They're lean and yes, they do a lot of exercise, but yeah. they need that those calories. Yeah. But you, you've seen people actually get leaner from putting on, on using that stuff and that stuff right. gets used as a efficient fuel source um, and, and careful of oil. Like oil is... You know, you got your cheap vegetable oils, canola oils, and stuff is insidious to your health. Yeah, right. Inflammation. It's just you know industrialized uh, crap that you don't right. want to do. And yes, it costs more to have good oil, but what's your health worth, right? Right. Yeah. Totally. Right. So it's you know avocado, olive oil. Um, I use grass-fed butter, coconut oil. Right. Use those things. Cook in coconut oil, avocado. You know, has a higher heat tolerance. Yeah, I watched this guy um, in line because I have avocado because he's like, yeah, it takes it's, it doesn't burn as fast. Yeah. yeah. So you. It's expensive, holy shit. It is expensive, <laughs> uh, but still. Yeah, you know, it's it's that conundrum, right? Yeah. You know, I don't like supporting these behemoths that have just increased their net worth while everyone else is hurting. Many yeah, people are hurting right now. For sure. Like your WalMarts and your Amazons, but unfortunately, like I'd like to support some people, but you're looking at the same bottle and it's like, it's oh, tough. that's. 
$18, I get to save one for 13 you know, it's, yeah. you know, when you're budgeting for a family, you got to look at that stuff, but mm-hmm. you can do it. And serving size. Right. Right. So fat's going to fill you up a bit more. Yeah. We don't drink enough of this. This yeah. is one of your health tips. Uh, yeah, for sure. Right? People, are, people are walking around dehydrated. Need to drink more water. Um, add a little bit of salt in there, like a little bit of sea salt or Himalayan salt. Yeah. Helps get that for people that are training. Yeah. Let's get those those minerals, electrolytes into the muscles. Right. All right. So if you're just drinking water all the time, it's going to flush out. But you know, add that little bit of electrolyte in there. Yeah. It doesn't need to taste like the swimming pool. Or, no. All right. It doesn't it's taste fully gross. salty. It sure. just needs to. You can hardly taste it, but it's uh, super good for you. So you know, if you're doing that, by large, you're eating a lower carbohydrate right moderate fat yeah so you know we're like lower higher let's use right. that rather than low and high yeah okay right so it's lower than normal and this is higher than normal mm-hmm. um and you'll find that you're resilient you're healthy and you're gonna go you can go longer yeah as an athlete um it is interesting to watch when you eat like even just i just the way I, I mean i'm trying to be healthier that's why i'm asking about nutrition right now but like um, just the way I eat, I can just tell if I eat certain foods, I'm not hungry for so much longer after. Yeah. If I eat like, if I'm like, oh, if I eat like a, you know, if I make some like a chicken and some rice and some vegetables, I'm like, oh, I'm not hungry again earlier. But if I eat like, you know, even just a hamburger, just a regular, just make a hamburger, even just that, I feel hungrier faster. Just because inherently when you make a hamburger, you put things, you put like cheese, you put everything else on it, you know? But it's, it is interesting to feel, to feel that, um, that like lack of hunger. Or even if you're doing, when I've done fasting before, I feel like you get like mind clarity when you're later on in the fast. Yeah. Cause you think it's like an, in, I don't know. I've been reading about this. Like it becomes like an instinctual thing. Your brain switches on to like, you're more alert because when you were hungry back in the day, you needed to look for food. Yeah. So you become more alert, yep. which is kind of interesting. And it, if you, if you'd actually pay attention when you don't eat and fast, it does. I've noticed it for sure. I don't, by no means am I the healthiest guy around, but I've noticed those small things for sure. Yeah. And, and it's not these huge wholesale changes. You make small changes mm-hmm. And, and, and build the habits mm-hmm. in there and, and stack them. Like sure. so, um, James Clear's Atomic Habits is good. He, is, he talks about this habit stacking and, and how you change things. It's really hard to go and do something. So you could get up, like I've been doing it recently, rather than, you know, how many of us get up, look at the phone and you're on social media, which is poisonous, right? Yeah, yeah, time. it just screws your day, yeah. right? And we're talking about cold shower, it kind of gets you ready for your day. But, yeah. you know, I, I like to get up early and, you know, I can't just turn the cold shower on, wake up you know, the rest of the family. So it's like, I'll get up and I'm like, okay, no, I'm not going to touch the phone. So, but the first thing is I'm putting coffee on. Right, right? yeah. I'm a coffee, but yeah. before my coffee, I must drink water. Yeah. Right? I want to get all those, you know, synapses in the brain sure. firing, get the water on the face, do that. So I do the water, get the coffee. And, you know, the, unfortunately, you know, we can get sucked into negativity in the world at the moment and I'm definitely guilty of that and you yeah. feel like crap and whatever and it sets your day in a bad tone, especially if you get there. So I'm like, there's no phone. I drink the water. So that's what my first habit. Stacks on the second habit is coffee. Yeah. All right. My third habit is reading for 30 minutes, whether it's, oh. you know, professional personal development stuff. Okay. All right. So I'm reading some stuff where you're like, okay, I can make my life more positive and better. Sure. All right. So I'll do that. So there's this habit stacking. I can do that enough. It'll change your life. Yeah. And then I get into it. I'll do some work before the kid gets up to go to school. And then, right. hey, I know we drive there, we go run or we do whatever exercise. If it's not a run day, Mondays, we'll do strength, whatever. And then it's bang. You get in that habit stacking. Are we perfect all the time? No. no. But it's it's doing these things. So it's you're always, if you can attach it to something else, you have a higher likelihood of doing it. Right. So it's like... Small wins along the way. Yeah. Add them up, right? Yeah. So yeah. I'm going to... you know, 
when I get up, instead of grabbing X, I'm going to grab a piece of fruit. And so it's that micro thought too, to get, to get, to kind of like bust yeah, it Once out. you're aware of it, yeah. now comes the hard part is the choice. Acting on it, yeah. And you're responsible for the choice, right? So you yeah. know now, hey, yeah. you know, I'm aware. Yeah. And with awareness comes your first opportunity to change. Right. Um, well, yeah, I mean, it is a lot. I mean, that, that idea just self, it's, it's like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's like not commitment, but like, um, uh, just trying to like commit to it, I guess is the word I'm looking for, but like, it's the self motivation to just make that quick change. Yeah. It's tough to do, but I think once you make a few of them, the, well, I think the, it's, the minute it's, is the minute you derail, it's hard to get back on. So it's like hard to not. And well, that's, that's the thing. Uh, I, I can't remember where I read it. it was like never miss twice. Yeah. And I had that go in my head today. So yeah. it's, it's having that once you know that, yeah. so you can use that as a, as a tool yeah. that helps you is like, well, yesterday I missed my cold shower. If I miss it today, then it's easier again to miss it tomorrow. Yeah, for sure. Right. So never miss twice. Yeah. So then that's, and now I that's come in and one. it's cold. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm cold. I want to just get warm. Mm-hmm. Never miss twice. That's and then you one. have that. Yeah. Because every time you let it go, and this is the same as if someone DNFs a race. Yeah. It gets easier every time they do it. Right. And then you say, hey, uh, this, and to justify the excuse. Because we're, we're good at justifying things. Yeah. But you, you're, if once the cycle's broken, like, oh, it's broken, it's hard to get back on. But yeah, yeah. that makes sense. I remember it's twice. Yeah. yeah. Get back um, on the horse. Yeah. That's a good one. Um, hey, uh, I think probably a couple hours now. Um, but I, I definitely, quick. yeah, it goes by fast. Eh? I think it's great. I love doing the podcast. Um, but I'm super excited you came on the show. I, I want to ask you, so uh, you have a podcast yourself that you do. I do. Yeah. And so just, I mean, I don't, I'm going to, tons of people don't watch this, but how, what's it, what's it called? Help people find uh, you. It's now called the endurance specific podcast. Endurance. So we, uh, yeah, I originally have a business called tri specific, um, okay. triathlon specific, but as we come here and opened up to different things and yeah. I got into different endurance sports yeah. as well. Um, and now coaching a whole bunch of different types of athletes from, you know, people with mountaineers to gravel racing to yeah. Ironman athletes, still ultra runners, okay. or people that just want to get out. I got a bunch of guys that just, Hey, I, I, just want to be fit to get after it and sure. do this. So, yeah. uh, so you know, the business morphed to endurance specific. Sure. Um, so what's it called again? Sorry, say it again. The endurance specific podcast. Okay, cool. Yeah. So endurancespecific.com and it'll lead you there. Okay, um, cool. We talk about, you know, endur- in everything endurance. related to endurance. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, definitely that stuff, but there's, you know, a lot of stuff prior to that if you go back it was you know for five years it was called the fat black podcast and <laughs> yeah, that, you cool. know people will be like hey you yeah. uh, what are you you know yeah. <laughs> racist to that and no like backstory on that quickly right. was uh just to wrap up was in australia you know the coffee I always drank was called a long black right you know? yeah you know, we know a short black is a <laughs> right. real espresso yeah um in australia it was a long black so you yeah. know you guess americano but you know america yeah, is too I, weak here i, yeah. I think it doesn't we just follow but, the french yeah um, for the terms for that so stuff. it wasn't so that's what it was and then yeah. uh when i became celiac i went i was doing a 10 day 2000 kilometer uh ride road bike through the dolomites oh cool 60,000 meters of climbing as a song calls challenge oh my God. and um early celiac i'm like ah oh, there's not gonna be i mean italy the place of pasta and bread and yeah uh, you're gonna starve and i did it actually is a really good place to be a celiac but most of the places we stayed at the breakfast there was just nothing i could eat right and my south african buddy who i was there with is like i just and this is before bulletproof coffee right so you know dave asprey hadn't come and you know taken the world by storm with bulletproof <laughs> yeah but, um he was like just throw butter in your coffee i heard that and um so i did it 
and blended it and I was like, this actually tastes all right. And then yeah. I was like, man, I feel I feel good. Like yeah. that ride, you know, 200K day has started off and I was like, man, I feel I feel all right. So yeah. started and ever since, years yeah. and years now, yeah. I have butter in my coffee every morning. And yeah. so it was like long black, add fat to it. It's the yeah. flat black. And it was oh, all about, okay. you know. Yeah. You know, <laughs> cool. You know, it, was, it was more geared towards triathlon and being a better triathlete and stuff like sure. that. So, yeah. but, you know, I thought we'd, yeah, as we brought it back after the hiatus, I'm like, oh, it's you know, to more people. And right. Well, up. that's good, man. Well, I, I'm, I'm, uh, I, it's great. I think I'm glad you came on. It's, it's good to chat with you and kind of, um, like I said, I, I knew, you, but I didn't really know you that well. I didn't know yet that such a depth in that, in that, uh, in athleticism and in your competing and stuff. So, yeah, it's fun. I'm gonna probably pick your brain again sometime. Um, but yeah, well, thanks for coming on, man. It's cool. Uh, and then, can they find you on Instagram? What's that? Yeah, uh, Christian Manietta. Okay, so, cool. Sweet. Christian with a K. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. Cool. All right, man. Well, thanks again. It's great. Um, yeah, I'm going to um, sign off here. But anybody listening, yeah, thanks for always listening. Well, whoever listening, thank you for that. And um, yeah, you can subscribe if you want to.